We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the NFL Pick 6 Show, uh, week 9, officially the halfway point Pick 6 Show. Two of the absolute best analysts in the business, Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, 4 for 4 as well. We're halfway home, Rich. Um, does it feel that way? Uh, where are you at right now as far as the writing process? Have you exhaled just yet? Um, no, no, this is this is the this is like what the, the stretch is, right? Like when with it. Because halfway through the year, people start to drop out. Uh, basketball started. Like people are done with with football. Either they they've lost their role. Uh, their season long leagues are terrible. Uh, it the clocks go back this weekend too. So like it starts <laughs> getting dark at like five fifteen. Like people like this is where it gets hard. This is like where this this is where like the grind like really starts to happen for the content creation side. Because everyone yeah. loves football the first two months. Now now it's only for the people that are here to just to win money. It doesn't help it been- whenever, whenever <laughs> around everything you've said, we also have to watch Tyson Bajan, Clayton Toon, 
uh, uh, Jaron Hall this week too. The list goes on. So. I know that Not we said this like there, like there's hyperbole out there when we make this type of commentary. Like we want everything to be the best or worst. This is the worst main slate I think I've ever I've ever seen. Like dude, oh my god, back. dude. I actually considered when I first went to make a placeholder lineup. I thought I was like, am I even gonna play DFS this weekend? Like it, it's <laughs> like that bad. It, to be fair, like we get to wake up Sunday. And watch Dolphins Chiefs, and we get to go to bed with Bills Bengals, and we'll probably bookend that with like two pretty good football games. But like yeah. on the main slate, like what's available for us on this main slate, like with the QB injuries and the buys, like it is rough. This slate is real rough on paper. Yeah, there is an analogy, I'm sure, like two really, really like great, like maybe French French pieces of bread, like the high quality <laughs> and like meat that's been like sitting out for like three weeks. That that is the sandwich that is the NFL Sunday for sure. Uh, it is a big bummer that the main slate we're going to be without uh, Miami and Kansas City. You're welcome, Germany. Hopefully Germany enjoys that football game. And, yeah, Buffalo, Cincy, Sunday night. We would love to have that in the main slate. Uh, biggest total on the board as far as the 10-gamer, I think, is Dallas and Philly. Last I saw was 46. Um, there are at least half of the starting quarterbacks on DraftKings this week are yeah, 5.2K or less. <laughs> Uh, Baker Mayfield is 5-2, and he's one of the better ones. Minshew is 5-2, Bryce Young, Tyler Haneke, Mac Jones, Bajan. I don't know who Jaron Hall is. I'm told he's a person. P.J. Walker, mm -hmm. Aiden O'Connell, I guess he's the new guy there uh, for the Raiders. Uh, Clayton Toon, who, by mm -hmm. the way, I went on player profiler today, and I'm like, Clayton Toon. Like, Clayton, I don't watch college football. Like, I go, who is who is his closest, closest comp? Does anybody want to take a guess? Does anybody know anything about Clayton Toon? Because – it's pretty funny who his comp is. No, I, I don't know this one for player profile, but this is the tank. This is Tank Bell's battery mate, man, uh, in college. So it's it's uh it's Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Josh Dobbs is his comp according to the player profiler. So nothing changes in Arizona, I suppose. And I guess there's a chance, right? Where there's a decent chance that we lose Matthew Stafford as well, and uh, Mark Rippin's kid, uh, Brett Rippin, uh, yeah, all of a sudden. Could still have Brett Rippin in play. We've got Heineke in. It's, I mean. He's <laughs> an upgrade. That's actually an upgrade. Maybe. That's I mean, maybe. We, dude, we watched two years of Taylor Heineke. Like, Yeah. Yeah. The Rams, but, I mean, Rams buy is. Uh, and Drake London might not play in that game. Like, yeah. It's bad. It's bad out there. Uh, what's He's that upgrade Charlie? for who, man? Jefferson? I, I mean, look, I think the people oh. that have London shares want Heineke throwing the ball as opposed to Ritter. He might not I, play. I mean, I mean he, he, there's a chance yes. London might not play. So Sure. <laughs> but like any the, pass catcher for Atlanta. But, yeah. It's the, so the Rams rough. The Rams buy is not this week, but next week too. And then they're going into Green Bay with these like frigid temperatures this week. So I'm guessing Stafford doesn't play. So just making the slate. Even worse. I was writing down plays for the end of the show, like, you know, just seeing some wide receivers and some quarterbacks. And I got to, I even got to like, I, like Rich was saying, the slate's so bad. I was thinking like, am I playing PJ Walker and Van Jefferson this week? Like, <laughs> what is going on in this slate right now? Yeah, I mean, I we, we at least have these games that we're because like by default, like, you know, Seattle Ravens definitely could pop. We're going to talk about that game, but like, like that game still like there's a lot of like failure like pass to failure for that game Absolutely, like DFS yeah. stance and it's just like but it's like when you talk about two competent teams playing each other this weekend that's what we have and like you have to like be drawn to it. Um yeah that's a good point. How many actual matchups that have two competent teams going against? It depends how you define competent I suppose, but yeah. 
Seattle, only- Baltimore, Philly, Dallas. Yep. Um, I yeah. don't. Yeah, dude. That's yeah. <laughs> Ends right there. We're gonna talk it. about them. This is uh yeah. Oh my gosh, I I ran some optimals before the show, and you're not gonna believe some of the terrible plays that are that are jumping in there. Yes. It's it's maybe outrageous. that's why it's fun. Maybe it's like a week 18 slate. We just treat it like that. Like we're just like, oh, it's week 18. <laughs> could be uh could be too tight in week since it's so ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um man, it's it's pretty gross. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. if this is your first time here, where you've been. We of course focus on three games, three games on the main slate. Let me kind of run it back and give our favorite plays position by position as far as uh, players have not yet been mentioned in those three games. Beyond that, um Oh, we want to give a shout out, a shout out to the listener league winner last week. Shout out to Kokesh, Kokesh 67911, who had over 200, a pretty big score. Uh, hit me up on the Twitter uh, or just make a comment here on the YouTube. Uh, contact us, contact me. Uh, DFS underscore Almanac is my Twitter handle or contact Roto Grinders. We're going to hook you up with a month, a month free, a month free of Roto Grinders Premium. That's all the bells, all the whistles, all the sports, everything you can think of with the exception of NASCAR. We're running it back this week again. I'll go ahead and drop the link in chat. I'll go ahead and uh, we'll have it pinned on the YouTube as well. And I believe, uh, I'm pretty sure that I won. I'm prepared with a movie this week, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I won last week. Is that correct, uh, John and Rich? Uh, yes. Derek, Derek Carr... Uh, Camara and Olave did not get me there. I talked about Shahid on the show. I should have sucked it up and played him for cheaper. But yes, you won. You beat us out. Yeah, I played and, a Texan stack in that one. I don't think that got there. Uh-huh. I don't think it came very close. I didn't have Andrew back on it. So <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of Texans last week too, mm-hmm. and uh, what a what a bummer. That was such a disappointing game. Uh, the Shahid play though, I, he was on my best lineup, and I don't want to be that guy, but. I had like 206 with Jonathan Taylor. And like, I thought Jonathan Taylor wasn't a problem. It's like, oh, okay, he's, he's going to smash. And I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he was injured in the second half and they went away from him for whatever reason. He was only averaging nine yards of carry or whatever it was. But <laughs> yeah, 82 yards in the first quarter. He looked he looked really good, too. Yeah, could have really had a lot of fun last week with that lineup. But, hey, we move on. Uh, no Denver, no Detroit, no San Fran, no Jacksonville. And again, we're not talking about I made an awesome move last week. Uh, what was that? Not be, uh, so, like, I like probably most people. It's more of a cash game take. But, like, uh, I was in on, like, Alave, and he he actually flamed. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, I was sitting with, like, a lot of people holding, like, Lamar and Zay Flowers and lineups. And I just swapped all over to Bengals at, the, you know. We don't really talk about the late hmm. swap on the show. But I was like, yeah. everyone's going to have Ravens. I was like, I'm drawing dead if I roll in this with Lamar. And I just swapped over to Burrow and Kittle and Chase and Tyler Boyd and got super lucky and because Lamar got Gus Edwards sucked up all the touchdowns yeah. and I was able to get there, man. I actually ended up saving the day. We talked about him, Gus, too, on last week's show. <laughs> yeah. I, is that back-to-back weeks now he's uh, siphoned two touchdowns to the goal line? I feel like it is. Um, not something I want to chase, but we'll see. Uh, as far as uh, I mean, that's literally the only way he can get there is like scoring three touchdowns, and he did it. Yeah, well, I needed him to. We that. needed that, uh, but we needed Lamar to fail at a certain point of my one o'clock failures. I needed the Ravens <laughs> to fail afterwards. <laughs> the uh, the very first game, the first game we're going to talk about, one of the more competent games, right? Seattle, Seattle coming east, uh, one o'clock game, 44 and a half. It's a total. The Ravens are what five and a half point favorites here, John. I'll, I'll start with you and. Yeah, I guess Gus Edwards is someone we can talk about. Zay Flowers kind of, you know, disappointed. You know, he was going to be super popular last week. We talked about it last week in the show. 
all the 5K value as far as receivers. He was probably somebody to fade away from in tournaments. Good cash game play, but let's start with uh, Baltimore. I believe Andrews was hitting the uh, optimal the most on Fandle, on Fandle for tight ends for what it's worth, not on DK. We'll save that one for later. But, John, yeah, start with the Ravens. Are we getting a bounce back here from Lamar? I think so, because we've seen, and there are three games out of the bye, the Seahawks have gotten some pass rushers back. They've gotten their entire secondary back. Because of that, they've really leaned into a particular coverage. They've played zone on 83% of their snaps in that span. And we know this year, Lamar has just been the king against zone coverage. He's averaged a league best 78% completion rate for eight yards per attempt. Not only that, but the handful of times Seattle has played a rushing quarterback this year, they all got there. Daniel Jones had 66 rushing yards. Josh Jobs had 43 and a touchdown. And even PJ Walker last week spiked 27 rushing yards. So we think it's just a overall good spot for Lamar. And Mark Andrews does stand out. Zay Flowers pops every week for us as a cash game play because they really don't get too crazy with the salary. But they also can't get too crazy. Like we can say he still leads the team with a 26.6% target share against zone coverage, but the way they use him, it really makes him a better fade for tournaments because he lacks a ceiling. It's at least volatile. Um, they use Odo Beckham, Nelson Aguilar, Andrews in particular in the red zone instead. Like Flowers actually lead the team with 15 red zone targets, but he has zero end zone targets in that span. Like they're instead just going to everyone else with that like inside the 10-yard line equity. And so, sure, Andrews, Lamar, uh, the Ravens offense here, especially through the air, looks like a good one, an exciting one this week. By the way, uh, tight end-wise on DK with the early Wednesday optimals, there's like four guys in the teens, and Mark Andrews is the fourth guy. So there is no clear-cut favorite. That's the guy. Uh, as far as Lamar, he is a second fiddle to Jalen Hurts. Not terribly surprising on DK. You know, you're, you're, we, we ran down all the quarterbacks and nobody, I mean, I guess one or two of them might get there, but it's so, so ugly and you have the salary. So we're going to see some heavy ownership on guys like Hertz and Lamar most likely. And yeah, he's going to be the most popular, uh, like he's going to be the cash quarterback, I think, and probably the most popular quarterback overall. Lamar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's we'll talk about Hertz because Hertz uh, with the knee injury. Uh, so then we're basically down to that's it. Like the talk about ceiling yeah. and floor plays on the slate. It's really those two. Uh, I think you can make a case for Dak Prescott. We will do that, but it's really those two guys. And I think when you look at Hertz's injury and they talk about him, you know, having, you know, he needed like an hour of work after the game. He didn't run at all. He had one scramble in that game and didn't run uh, against this Cowboys defense. I think it'll be easy, easy for people to get to Lamar. And you think that's why the tush push failed. No, he just dropped. Well, that, was a, that was a fumble. That was a yeah, fumble. He, he dropped fumbled, the snap. Yeah. Okay. And the way we reset the slate every week, but the way DFS has worked a lot of times this year is that we need to get up to Tyreek Kill, Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey, etc. So even last week, like winning lineups, as great as Hertz was, Sam Howell was in the winning lineups of the Spy, um, of the Millie Maker, because he allowed you to get AJ Brown, Christian McCaffrey, and Jamar Chase. It's really about spending up and. And we talked about how bad this slate is. So, you know, do you want to spend up for Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley? I guess we'll get there eventually. But <laughs> usually it's the weeks have been about spending up at those elite positions like wide receiver and like the tier one running back like a McCaffrey. And that's why we've typically found ourselves spending down at quarterback. Yeah, we don't have either of the top two running backs, not only on the slate, but they're not playing this weekend at all. Uh, wait till next week when Mahomes, Tua, and Josh Allen are all by. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure out quarterback then too. 
Yeah. Well, are we going to have more games though? We're probably going to have more than 10, right? Is it, or is it just another? No, uh, next week there's or... also a international game. Oh, okay. It's Col- right. Colts Patriots. If you're ready to get up for that. Well, hey, the Colts in. are the Colts anything. I'm in. I'm in for the Colts anything because they, <laughs> they are just a full-on carnival. It gets spectacular. And Minshew is the perfect quarterback for that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just complete randomness and awesome tournament stuff, which we'll get to. I think that's actually one of our three games. Spoiler alert, right? We're talking about the Colts in a bit. Yeah, they're on deck. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Always. them in a second. I believe Carolina probably getting the first uh, shout-out on the season, right? I think this is the first time Carolina will be featured. Yeah. We'll talk about the Carolina Panthers, but – yeah, Rich, whatever you have as far as Baltimore, feel free to clean it up and then jump over to Seattle, uh, the Seahawks going into Baltimore. No, that, that pretty much covers it. I mean, it was a, you know, it was, it was interesting to see Lamar fail, but like we've that's just the year, I think, of this year of fantasy football, right? Like we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks have multiple failure spots. Like no one's kind of ironclad this year. Mahomes also failed last week. I mean, Jackson now has three games where he's been the QB 20, 20 or lower. So, like, there is some volatility with some of these guys as well. Uh, we've Kurtz is like the only guy, like, the past, like, since week one that hasn't really had that happen. And we'll be curious to see if that, if that does now, if he can't run. But that's kind of just where we are. Even like two, like, you think of like two a season and how incredible it's been. He hasn't even had back to back weeks where he's been a QB one scorer yet this yeah. year. Like it's pretty crazy. Oh, wow. but, yeah. yeah, pretty crazy. Just big spike weeks and then kind of like, you know, falling off. And that's kind of where we've been in fantasy football this year. Um, how much are we prioritizing Kenneth Walker? Are we getting the Baltimore Baltimore via via Kenneth Walker? Are we getting him to him via like DK Metcalf or Lockett? Which way do you prefer, uh, Rich? Probably through the passing game. That makes this game that's what makes it so tough. I mean, Kenneth Walker was out snapped by Zach Charbonnet last game. Uh, he was even at the end of the game, uh, getting ending of the game usage. Uh, that was the first time this year that that happened. And we know what Kenneth Walker is. I mean, he's failed to gain yardage on 20.5% of his carries. That's 26 out of 39 running backs with 50 or more carries. Uh, but he's six in the NFL in explosive rushing yards. Like, he's going to get you a lot of ones and twos, sometimes negative twos, and then he'll hit you with like <laughs> a 40. Uh, that's kind of just the way he lives. I mean, this, this Baltimore run game has been good, but they have been getting a little bit leaky of late. They have a lot of runner 10 or more yards now on 12% of opposing rushes. That's now 23rd in the league. So they will give up a, a, a few biggies. Uh, so on a tournament, like he's a tournament play only, right? Like that's where we are with Kenneth Walker. Unless we know it's a game where like he's going to get like 20 touches like a couple weeks ago, and then he still didn't get in the box. He's not going to catch a lot of passes. And now that Charbonnet's back, it just throws enough of a wild card in here. But the passing game is what's interesting because Gino just like hasn't really gotten there this year. And Gino was the guy I was into uh, this summer based on his price and like a lot of the best ball drafts and everything, but he just, he hasn't gotten there. He's got one week higher than QB 18 on the season. A lot of his peripheral stats are very similar. Like his yards per attempt, uh, his completion rate, all that stuff is very similar, but they're actually dropping back to throw a lot less than did the last year. And then, uh, he doesn't have the touchdown equity that he had. Kenneth Walker's got all these carries inside the five. So he hasn't really gotten there. And Baltimore has been really good uh, defensively. Now we've talked a couple of times about their schedule and who they face, but we do have a multi-year sample of like Mike McDonald and this defense being really good. So it, it just, like I said, this, this is a game where you say like, Hey, these two teams are competent. We have to be drawn to it. But like, there's a lot of avenues to failure for this game. Is that because uh, Seattle's been ahead more this year than they were last year? Is that part no? Of the they actually, why? they actually have, tr- they've actually led at one of the lowest rates in the NFL of all teams with a winning record. They're 11th in, in terms of snaps led. So like they've Good. actually been not winning. They haven't been ahead in, in like actual game settings a lot. 
Interesting. Yeah, I was looking at the record, like they're five and two. I'm like, maybe they're yep. ahead a bunch of games, but I guess they're just they're just they've only led for 35. They've only led for 35 percent of their snaps this year. Interesting because like Carol, any excuse to run the ball, he's happy to run the ball. Uh yeah, John, what do you got as far as Seattle? Any, anybody you want to isolate? Any of you anybody you prefer? The old Metcalf versus Lockett questions always fun. What's standing out for you? I think I would prefer Metcalf in this particular matchup. We've seen him get healthier out of the team's bye these last three games. And whereas he and Lockett were kind of going neck and neck in target share, he's separating that time, a 29.8% target share. Um, and then also 47% of the team's air yards. So he's doing quite well. And he's one of those guys when you look at, you know, in terms of usage based on what he's produced, it's just lacking. And you think it regresses at some point. Maybe this isn't the week. You know, it's something you need to pinpoint every week, but lock it in that span still, despite being well behind Metcalf and target share at 21% in these last three games. Still 15 fantasy points per game to compare to Metcalf's 11.3. Uh, even like expected fantasy points, which highlights Metcalf's usage in that time. He should be at roughly 44 fantasy points overall in these three games. He's at 22 and a half. So it's going to bounce back at some point. Metcalf's my lean there. I wish I had a better sense on this backfield because I do want to play one of them. But even after that game, the way Pete Carroll talked about Kenneth uh, Zach Charbonnet, who did handle his largest share of the team's backfield touches, Kenneth Walker at a season low. But again, maybe that was solely because he was DMP on Wednesday and Thursday with that calf injury, I believe it was. So just not a good idea of if it's now even a 60-40 timeshare, which would certainly take away from Ken Walker in a tournament spot. Try to remember what was the quote. Like I just wanted to see it. I can't. How, how did he phrase it with Charbonnet? Charbonnet obviously coming in with a lot of draft equity. Uh, how, how did he Carol phrase it? Like he just kind of like, yeah, I just want to see what he would look like. I, I can't remember the exact quote. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but it was kind of strange. He and talked. He talked for like a minute on it. Yeah, and and honestly, like he, the worst part is Charbonnet looked great. Like he looked really good. Yeah, it was an easy spot too, but that's kind of Charbonnet's profile too. So it was just enough to where I am worried about Ken Walker. By the way, for yeah, what Walker's worth, basically been living on touchdown equity this year too. He hasn't yeah. really been. He doesn't have the strongest profile, so it's like he has left the door open. Uh, I also like Metcalf. I think when you look at the receivers that have gotten over on the Ravens this year, they look like DK Metcalf, right? Like when you think <laughs> about T. Higgins had eight for eighty-nine and two. Remember that? No, probably people probably don't even remember T. Higgins actually had a good game this year. It actually happened. Uh, George Pickens had six for one thirty and one, and Marlon Humphrey was in that game. Uh, Michael Pittman had nine for 77, Nico Collins, six for 80. So like, these are all guys that are like those bigger framed guys, like the bigger targets. So I lean Metcalf too, if uh, like as the run back option, he's a pretty intriguing, I think DFS guy. Cause he's one of those other guys too. Like his pricing never really moves around. He's just like always in like kind of one of those uh, like pockets where like people either go up or down around his price point. Like in AJ Brown, I could see myself playing DK without any of the quarterbacks in this game. You'll probably be one of my favorite one-off pieces in this slate. Charbonnet's 4-3 on DK. Sort of throwing it out there. If you're a believer, this is like, you know, the start of a trend, or maybe he gets 40, 45%, 50%. You know, the slate is ugly. I'm just, you know, I'm looking, if you're looking for saying, a cheaper. If you're a believer in the slate, not having any good plays at running back, then yeah, <laughs> 4,300, why the hell not? Uh, I mean, he's still only at eight PPR points. Like... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm not. Look, I'm just I'm talking about like a dart and like large field, that kind of stuff, right? If you think this is a start of a trend, and you know, and like you said, he looked good and like he well, the, the one thing like that, him. 
Yeah, the one thing that happened, though, still is that when they did get inside the five and they only ran one play inside the five, it was still Kenneth Walker on the field and that. And like he's been that's like the one area where he's been good this season is at the goal line. So, yeah, I still would assume that if Seattle's inside the five, it'll be Ken Walker on the field. It's a good point uh, as far as the goal line stuff. I see Ruckus in chat. Thanks uh, for hanging out with us on a Wednesday night. Appreciate y'all hanging out, hanging out with us on the old YouTube. I do my best to keep an eye on the chat. If anything pertinent comes up, we'll bring it up into the conversation. Uh, says Gus has a toe injury. I did see it not practice. That's Gus Edwards. It's Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. He, yeah. he already talked about, too, like there's already a quote that uh, uh, one of a friend, uh, Cooter Doodle, had a great tweet about the the quote that he says about he, he's going to he's gonna have a big load or wants to receive a big load. And uh, that I'm quote, ready for it. That guy yeah. quote tweeted his phrasing and all, those, all the other good stuff. But uh, it doesn't sound like he's in any danger of missing the game. Yeah. Also, that, that was just... uh, like Ed, Edwards is not the kind of back we want to chase in tournaments. Like last week, it made sense no. because we could pivot off of the chop off of the cash game quarterback and what yeah. we thought was going to be a favorable game script for a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, this week, like I don't want exposure to the Ravens running backs just because like they happened to get there with three goal line carries last week. I feel the same way. Yeah, he's uh, not maybe. cheap. Like he's not like right. You know, it's not like Gus Edwards is forty four hundred and we're chasing touchdowns. Plus, plus, he's remember got- last week we also it made sense because we didn't have a running back under six k that we were actually had confidence in. So Gus at like five five on on Fando he was six five six six. It just kind of worked with the slate too. Yeah, he's the same price as Bijan Robinson on Fando this week. Uh, and they they are just not hesitating this year. Yeah, he's the RB eight in terms of pricing, and uh, you know, Insane. granted, the RB eight on this slate is uh different than RB eight on a regular slate, but you got to be seven one, so you're paying for it. Vandals does not messing around with their salaries this year. They're very reactive as far as like, what did you do last week, and we're going to change our salaries because of it, uh, one way or the other. Okay, let's talk about Indy. We, we teased it. Indy at yeah, what Carolina is DK over there. I just looked. Yeah, DK seven two over there. So. That's too much. Also, I can't. I can't do that. If he gets three goal line touchdowns, so be it. Uh, on the next. No, I was talking too. about uh, DK Metcalf. Oh, DK. Oh, oh, yeah. I was thinking DraftKings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Gotcha. Yeah, Gus Edwards. If I ever saw a Gus Edwards seven two on DK, I would just laugh. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I think he's. I think he's five nine on DraftKings, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, Andy. India, Carolina. Forty four and a half is the total. One of the biggest totals on the board this week. I think it's the second biggest. It is the second biggest right behind Dallas Philly, which we'll talk about in a second. Carolina is a home dog, two and a half, three points, depending on. Rich, I'll let you serve first. Uh, shout out to Bryce Young getting his first win as a professional quarterback, taking on, uh, you know, the, the quarterback that many thought that, hey, they probably should have drafted him instead of me. So he at least he got one uh, there in the win column there for Carolina. So shout out to them taking on the Indy. Indy plays fast. They play wild. They play uh, uh, it's Garden Minshew is the face of this franchise right, right now um, for DFS purposes, at least. He's one of the cheap quarterbacks that are in play that are worth talking about, Rich. Uh, oh, yeah. The Colts, what are we doing with Taylor? Was that is there a reason why he just disappeared? He pulled a Kaiser Soze on us or do we know? I saw why? some people suggest that that last carry he had before the first half, like he kind of came up gimpy, but he played like a ton of snaps still in the fourth quarter. They just kind of were in a script where they were uh, throwing the football. Uh, I know Shane Steichen kind of talked about he should have gotten him more touches in the second half. Because, uh, I mean, he had 82 yards in the first quarter. Uh, Zach Moss only had one touch in the first quarter. And then Moss out touched him 11 to 6 the rest of the game. 
And also, Zach Moss continued to does stuff with the touches too. It's not like he's just getting yeah, the yeah. touches; like he's continuing to do things. He deserves to be them. out there. So, and they run so many plays. Like there is a path, especially on this slate, where like both these guys can kind of coexist. Uh, it is tough because you're talking about like just trying to hone in, like who's going to get the touchdowns. Uh, great matchup, though. I want to talk about the Panthers though for a little bit because it was the first game coming out of the bye. They had Thomas Brown as the offensive coordinator, and they did make some changes that were pretty positive. They were 100% 11 personnel. Uh, in passing situations, uh, uh, they uh, threw a lot more on first down. They threw outside the numbers more than they had in any other game this season. So there were some kind of changes there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we get the pushback here because Bryce Young, even last week, I mean, he still he has the league low 5.7 yards for pass attempt against zone coverage. We know the Colts don't do anything besides play cover three. They don't. They play the lowest rate of man coverage in the NFL. He has zero touchdown passes. Uh, it is still the Colts secondary. Uh, but we do need to see some improvement there, and we're going to need some pushback still on the Panthers' side. Even as good as the story was this week, they didn't score any damn points, and we're going to need them to score points. And like, like, yeah, that's the thing we talk about. Like the Colts have been kind of a gift for us this year and a gift for the over gods. Uh, but like we even saw a few weeks ago, and like they played the Titans, like the Titans didn't get there. Uh, so we do need the Panthers to kind of out- outseed expectations uh, based on all their peripherals before. Uh, that they've had coming into this game. They have some interesting pieces. We got Chuba Hubbard, who basically came out of the bye and was just the lead back. Miles Sanders had two two touches, zero yards, and practiced in full like before. Like he had nothing like come up. It was just Chuba Hubbard's job. The problem is he didn't do anything. So like <laughs> uh, he ran 15 times for 28 yards. Those types of performances are what got Chuba Hubbard the job in the first place for Miles Sanders. Uh, so we'll see if he kind of holds onto that. But Jonathan Mingo was like an, an interesting piece. You know, he kind of came out of the bye, got a little bit of the rookie bump. He ran a route on a season high 97.5% of the team dropbacks. Uh, we know like the Colts can be beat outside. So like he's super cheap on both sides. So like do we try to beat like the the crowd to Jonathan Mingo? Because Adam Thielen has real wide splits versus man and zone. He's he's uh looking pulling up right now. He's he is the target on 23 percent of his routes against zone coverage uh as opposed to 41 percent of his targets per outrun against man coverage uh 2.73 yards per out against man coverage 1.82 against zone wide receiver 38 in that department so there would be some kind of signal here to be like all right if the, if adam thielen's gonna be a really popular play like maybe we just punt and we play jonathan mingo as leverage mingo is he better than i'm trying to think of the Shark. other cheap guy demario douglas Oh yeah, Demario Doug. We'll probably talk about Demario Douglas, but like, you're not getting anything out of Demario Douglas. It's like Wandell Robinson, like shit all over again. Well, he's gonna be one of those. At least where we're at right now, he looks super, super popular, popular yeah. right now. Douglas for New England. That game against Washington, a defense that was vulnerable that even got more vulnerable with all their trades. Um, I'm trying to say the other, like, yeah, it's Slayton and Wandell Robinson. That's like dude, the four, three four went out for Emmanuel Forbes, man. Like this dude, AJ Brown buries him a couple weeks ago. Like <laughs> he basically gets benched, doesn't play. And they're like, you know what? We're going to bring you back. And like, literally just gets dunked on by AJ Brown again. Like they, they literally brought him <laughs> off the bitch and put him right back at IG Brown. Like I saw it too. And I was like, Oh no, what are we doing? By the by the way, Dean, I, I don't know. We probably talked about it on the show before, but yeah, Emmanuel Forbes is 166 pounds, and they were putting him they were putting him on one on one coverage against AJV. And they're probably you, rounding up. You know how up. that ended. You know how that ended. Yeah, that does. That seems like a terrible idea. Put him on. Put him on Julio Jones. <laughs> I guess he was on the field the entire time, but um, yeah, that's uh, that is pretty wild. Uh, that Washington defense. But we didn't. I didn't ask that. You guys. Uh, 
Rich, you always talk about how the NFL is no fun. That none of the trades that are supposed to happen never happen. Was there anything fun? We could, it was mostly defense, right? Yeah, was a lot fun? of and, and like we kind of talked about it. Um, it's hard to offensive players like changing teams hard in season, right? Like you know, that's yeah. why you see like these these holes got picked. I, all the trades seem to make sense though, outside of the maybe the Montez Sweat one seemed a little <laughs> aggressive on the Bears part. Um, what are they I, doing? I think what's that? Do they think they can sign them long term? Well, right? like, yeah. you're, you're giving up equity. And like, I guess the, Bear, the Bears have a ton of money, but like Sweat hasn't really been that great this year. Uh, but his agent knows now, like you basically have to sign him. Otherwise, like the fans, the fans are just be laughing at also, you. Like, what and and Jalen Johnson, their quarterback, like has been awesome this year. And he was part of the trade rumors all because they have this cap space. That's why they traded for Sweat to give him this long-term extension, ideally. But they lowballed Jalen Johnson on his extension offer. So I don't, I just don't know what the hell they're doing. I have no idea. Yeah, but those are probably decision makers that might be gone next year anyway, and somebody else has to clean it up. That's how that works sometimes, right? Um, but right. did you have anything, uh, John, as far as the, the trade? And our, our boy, Jonathan People, uh, People's Jones, he, he got traded yeah. the move. <laughs> he, he can only get better for him, I suppose. I, um, he needed to get off that team since he hasn't been earning targets at all this year. Uh, it's either been Elijah Moore getting dump offs and carries or going deep to Amari Cooper. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I'm actually kind of excited to see Donna Peoples-Jones because the Lions have been aching for another DJ Shark and Jameson Woods will be just fine. But the Lions also know how bad the NFC is. Their own division also just locks Kirk Cousins. You might as well say they lost Jordan Love, too, because him starting is actually worse than him being benched. <laughs> so, like, the Lions know they're in this thing. So they needed someone who could take the top off. And while Jameson Williams develops, he may sprinkle in some more splash plays here and there. But, yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones, it's not like he got worse, I feel like. He still had that mini breakout last year with over 900 yards and three touchdowns. I just Googled. I was curious who the backup quarterback was for uh, Green Bay. Sean Clifford? I've yeah, never yeah. heard. Yeah. Should, he I, well, should I know who that is? Yeah, but nine-year starter at Penn State. <laughs> okay. All right. I should know that. He's a starter at a, at a big school. But, uh, yeah, not aware. It seems like a, a creative name or something like that. But uh, I guess he's not very good or not a lot of pedigree because – Love's not been spectacular, and I guess he's not getting benched anytime soon. Well, they got the they got the one year deal basically with Love, plus you know the first round capital. You got to see it through. And to be fair, the team really started tanking whenever they lost David Bakhtiari because Love has been terrible under pressure, and now they just get pressure. The play calling's bad. Uh, Aaron Jones like is just. Rich talked about Aaron Jones last week. How we're just never going to see this thing out because he's just constantly trying to practice still and playing through injury. And yeah, aren't they running three running backs Keenan now? Allen. It reminds me of the Keenan Allen thing a lot from last year. Like we just need him to like re- just reset and be a help. Just don't play until you're healthy. Yeah, just do like what the Rams did with Kyron Williams, right? When he comes back, he should be cool go, I assume. Something like that. But uh I don't know. Just uh throwing it out there. But it's it's a mess. I, I don't want to have measures. Gosh, we need running backs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't please. want half measures for three weeks. Just like chill and give me full measures in, in, in four weeks. There you go. Yeah, we're gonna see the Giants, I think, do the same thing with Darren Waller. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on IR. Yeah. Um soon. He already said he's gonna not play this week and that he's probably going to be a multi-week thing too, so they might as well do it. I mean, the Giants should just go on rest of the season IR, anyways. They're they're <laughs> trying their best to, to put Barkley on IR. I'll do. I'll tell you that. Dude, negative nine passing yards in an NFL game. Their wide receivers had didn't have they had negative receiving yards in their wide receivers. And like I understand, like in the rain with Tommy DeVito, that should never happen in the year twenty twenty three of professional football where your From, wide receivers can't catch a pass. 
from two minutes, 30 seconds in the second quarter on Dean, the Giants completed two passes for negative one yards. That includes overtime. And they made, but that's the thing is, how are you in overtime? How does that happen? Like, that's and, the, the veto and experience. Only, only yeah. because the kicker they gave a three year, uh, $16.5 million <laughs> extension to this offseason missed two field goals and is now 10 of 16 on the year. That's how you go to overtime. Yeah, they I, did like I a, they tried it. to kick it. You probably didn't see any of this, Dean, because it wasn't on Red Zone, but like they tried to, they tried to kick <laughs> a field goal to go up six at the end of the game where they, they needed a yard where literally if they just get a first down, the Jets are out of timeouts. And From the, the 19. Over, and they try to kick this field goal. And of course, things went wrong because in typical Giants fashion. <laughs> you got to <laughs> be in the Red Zone to get on the Red Zone channel. And that, I mean, <laughs> Uh, did they uh, no, no receiver right for that game had more than ten yards for the, the Giants like not even close right to ten. No one had positive error. yards, Dean. No one had positive <laughs> yards. Uh, I think Darius Slayton or Wandell was the only one that caught a pass, and it went for negative yards. Right? I think I have. Yeah, this right. uh, Darren Waller <laughs> led them in receiving, and he left in the first quarter. <laughs> and he ran it like we he wanted like running away. Darius Lane had one catch dean for minus one yards. Uh they played a game of in two 2023, year year of football deity. Uh zero receiving yards from a wide receiver unit. Like that that's yeah. that can't happen, man. Like doesn't matter. Like there's no context that makes that acceptable. It's it's outright. I couldn't. I saw the box score. I could not believe it. I, it was so just ben, like a, Benjamin Solak tweeted this the day it was. So the Jets had only four yards per play on offense. They punted ten times, uh, and they lost a turnover battle, and they won. It was just the second team in NFL history to ever do that. Amazing. <laughs> Send that game to Germany. Give give us the Dolphins uh, and the and the. We're Chiefs. getting we Raiders Jets on Sunday night in a couple of weeks. The NFL announced that didn't get flexed out. And we're getting Jets in primetime this week, too. Do we believe the story as to how uh, the Raiders coach got fired? I'm sure you guys saw the story on the internet. Are you aware of this story or no? Or maybe you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. What is it? Refresh the owner, my mind. The owner, Davis, uh, you know, Al Davis's kid, uh, he apparently uh, gave a fortune cookie to, oh, God, what's the guy's name? Josh, uh, Josh McDaniel. And inside inside the fortune cookie, it's God. What's what's the? I'm forgetting the punchline. It's like, oh, punk, you're fired, something like that. Hot shot. He's like, you're fired. Hot shot was the inside of the fort. Now, is this something somebody made up on Twitter? I wasn't certain if it was true or not, but I, I'm hoping it's true. I thought it. Um, I thought it actually came from an athletic article, which is not the Onion. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> and, and, and can I put that past Mark Davis? I I don't think so. So I sure. Don't, I don't, don't mind, but I wish it was true. It's a story yeah, I wish was true. So supposedly McDaniel's like a big fan of Halloween, and I think he dressed up. The, the day after they got absolutely shellacked and embarrassed on national TV, he dressed up. But I guess that he already had planned what his costume was, right? He wasn't going to change his costume because they lost, right? He was dressing up as Mark Davis, and he didn't think it was very funny. And I, and I guess Mark Davis is known for liking um, Panda Express. It's just, so he went so far as to, like, get Panda Express and, like, dressed up as him. And apparently the fortune cookie said, um, hot shot, you're fired, which – Jokes on them. They still owe like a billion dollars to Josh McDaniels, but whatever. Uh, like four more years, I think they're on the hook for. They, what a disaster. They have, I mean, they're just in purgatory. They have nothing. They have no assets. Uh, you have Devontae Adams, but even with his contract, they basically structured it because it reset the market. So he has to be the best receiver every year across that contract in the league in order to return that investment. 
And into his 30s, it's just not possible. Even this past month stretch he's gone through hasn't been good enough for them. And it's not his fault. It's been the quarterback play since they really just tried to recreate. They took a bad Patriots offense and said, let's do that here. Like That's what they did. And of course it failed. According to Notum in chat, this is a joke story. But he's saying, it he's saying it it's a joke true. story. I want it to be real. And he's so correcting this, me that's yeah. P.F. Chang. So if it's a joke story. Oh, yeah. Those were, yeah, because the Chargers tweeted P.F. Chang's. Yeah. Is that what? Okay. The Chargers account, their excellent Twitter account. It's the the only team worth following. Uh, All yeah, right. I, I derailed. Tweet. I derailed the conversation as far. I mean, as, it, uh, the Colts it, it, and the it's totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> We'd rather talk about the onion. I think the I, last I, thing I said was play Jonathan Mingo. I was like, whatever. Like, like, that's where we are. I don't. Man. I don't hate it either. Like, the outside <laughs> is where the Panthers have been, or the Colts have been seeding all their produ- production. They're even twenty eighth in points per game allowed to opposing slot receivers. So we have those splits working in favor of whomever's going to win on the boundary. I would think that is Mingo. Um, and maybe, honestly, since Chuba Hubbard's obviously going to come in as a cash game play, since he's so cheap on both sides with that elite usage in a great spot, we expect to have volume. Maybe since the slate's so ugly, it's kind of like last week when you know I tagged along Derek Carr, who got there in tournaments, maybe just kind of tag along Bryce Young, Chuba, and Mingo, and then you run it back with JT or Michael Pittman on the other side. I'm still trying to figure out how to play this game as a whole. Especially if everyone's playing uh, Demario Douglas, man, if that's the move. Yeah. I'm playing Matt Jones. We'll get there, but I don't so know. If you're playing. Then you are playing Demario Douglas. I don't know. Tyquan Thornton is going to be active this week. We'll see what I do. Oh my gosh! I'm looking forward to that conversation. Around to find out. The Hubbard thing, right? Was that was one of those last second deals? Where was it? Um, Jay Glazer? It was a Jay Glazer report, like 15 minutes or so before lineup lock. Like the Hubbard thing came out that he's going to be taking over, and uh, you know, true to the report, how much? I think it was Glazer. He usually drops that stuff pretty late. But Hubbard had, what, 17 opportunities. Didn't work, right? But it was process versus results. You tell me I'm going to get 17 opportunities versus Indianapolis with Hubbard. I'm back. Yep. Uh, I'm back on board and as far as Hubbard. A se- like, yeah. Miles Sanders squeezed out entirely, too. Two touches, a season-low share of backfield touches, 8.5%. Also, Hubbard handled all three of the team's running back touches inside the 10-yard line. So he had, like, the Travis Etienne role. Like, he was just dominating. He didn't get there, but... If we're going, if we think he's running the routes and doing everything else too, sure. Yeah, we find a way to play him in this game. Yeah, they made some changes. Like I said, they went new offensive coordinator. They flipped the running backs. They flipped tight ends. Tommy Tremble just played over Hayden Hurst. That's not an endorsement for Tommy Tremble. Just letting you know that that happened because <laughs> uh, no one probably looked at that. <laughs> but yeah, they made legit changes coming out of the bye, and they, yeah, uh, they won, and they won their first game of the year. So like, it's not going to make them pull back on it. The one that gave me a lot more confidence for this game and moving forward was that even on early downs, they passed on 67% of their plays. They were at 45% before the bye. So they were being a lot more aggressive too. And and Young's played better. It's just, like I said, the weird splits he's had uh, against zone. That's the only kind of like one bugaboo. But he's, he's played better the last month than he did over the opening month. I did just get a tweet to confirm that uh, the Josh McDaniel story is not true. And that, that not even like the fake stuff, what, what, nothing can be fun in the NFL. And then the trades can't be fun. Like stories that can be, that, that we think are fun. They're no longer fun because they didn't actually happen. But Rich, I mean, like you, you said, gotta I, have real big stones to dress up as the owner. But <laughs> <laughs> he had the great safety net of like, I'm, I'm being, I'm terrible. And I'm here for the next five years. Unless you tell me to go away or whatever it is. Um, like I, I read a story that the they were cash poor. Apparently, the Raiders like almost couldn't afford to fire McDaniel's. I read that like a week ago or so, whenever it was. 
And I guess they just oh, couldn't yeah, take yeah. it. I did, it. I did see that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> which, by the way, that's that's a bad sign. I thought the transition to Vegas was was going well. Obviously, you know, brand new, uh, you know, uh, place to play the games. Looks spectacular on TV. It feels like it's doing well. You know, yeah, as far as people, you can go up. there anytime. Like it's just open all year long. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, I haven't been out like, to Vegas. Since. Yeah, you can just go tour it. You can just walk around there. Yeah, I want to check. I want to check out the sphere too. Yeah, next time you're there, it. oh, that's, that's the ball is insane, dude. Like, it's absolutely. Have you been? It's yeah, uh, it's absolutely. I was just there in uh, April. Did you see anybody performing there? I thought you two just like opened. No, up I wasn't inside, inside but it's lit up on that. Like, it's lit up outside. Yeah, like, it looks. It just, it looks that awesome. thing is just crazy. It's the most Vegas thing ever. Like, there's no need for it. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just a show. Super. A show in there would be pretty fun to see i wasn't inside but yeah it uh just from outside it's it's a spectacle it's absolutely insane not a big youtube guy like they're fine they're fine a little overrated if you ask me but i definitely would have seen you too and they're in the sphere all right i'll go i'll see anybody in the sphere why not all right uh, uh anything else we should say here as far as carolina and the colts uh, i guess we should ask Pittman versus downs is there any clear separation amongst those two downs still doing his thing still a little bit cheaper than Pittman. Not really much beyond that. It's pretty tight, right? We don't really want Pierce. Uh, the tight end's nah. kind of nonsense. We, He's we our know DPJ. He's the Col- Colts DPJ is Alec Pierce. Yeah, yeah. I do uh, think Pittman, the fact that he he didn't have like great box score games the last two weeks, but the fact that he still kind of got there from a touchdown perspective and like two really tough matchups, uh, I think is a really good signal because last year, like this didn't exist for Michael Pittman, right? Like he's, he's already been a top 15 scorer now in three straight games. And like I said, against Denzel Ward, against Marshawn Lattimore, he had five top 15 weeks all of last year. Like this, like he didn't have like a safe floor at all last year for him to like kind of show having a safe floor in tough matchups and now getting an objectively much softer matchup, I think is pretty positive uh, for him. He still leads uh, with a 29% target share for Minshew too. Uh, Pittman is my pick over Downs this week because the Panthers, they've been like the Bills defense. They they still limit plays through the air, but they'll let a couple leak on you. Because no one throws. Uh, th- that's yeah. the thing. Is like All their like per, per attempt and per target stuff is awful, but they face the second fewest pass attempts in the NFL because they're terrible and teams are just running on them in the second half. It's the opposite of the Eagles, which we're about to get to, and that teams know they can't run on them, so they just pass on them. Yeah, we'll talk about Dallas and the Eagles in just a second. I do want to mention uh, SimLabs. SimLabs beta here at Roto-Grinders. We just dropped the beta version of the new NFL lineup building tool. For a limited time, it's actually free. You can try it for yourself. Uh, SimLabs, it's a brand new product that generates DFS lineups through the power. The power of simulation combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences. Just a few clicks, you can get hundreds of well-built Correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest type you're playing. Check out the link in the description for more information. There's a an FAQ on the site as well if you have any questions. There's also a Discord channel at Rotogrinders, rotogrinders.com backslash Discord, dedicated to it. SimLabs currently in beta. I've not used it just yet, but uh, lots of people I've talked to said they've uh, had some success with, success with it and a lot of fun to use also in Showdown as well. So do check that out, the SimLabs beta tool. All right, we mentioned it. The very uh, last game, the uh, the encore is Dallas at Philly. There are real football players playing this game. The Phillies are – Phillies. The Eagles are, what, three-point favorites here versus Dallas. 46 is the total. It's the highest total on the board. 
you know, John, we don't talk a lot of like game theory and a lot of that stuff. It's just kind of like an early week podcast, kind of a first look podcast, but it just feels like, you know, a lot of people are going to gravitate to this game in tournaments and it's a 10 gamer. And again, we kind of ran down a lot of the terrible quarterbacks, um, just bad environments overall, uh, just touched on it, but yeah, I'm, I, how aware of you are are you that uh, as far as uh, the Dallas Philadelphia game? Like, is, do you want to lean in? Do, are, do, are you assuming the same thing that this game is just going to be? It's it's jumping off the page for everybody, right? This is the clear and obvious. Like, this is the game you want to stack, I assume. And Cowboys' recency bias for their drowning of the Rams certainly isn't helping matters for ownership. So I imagine a lot of people get to this one, as you said, also for the high total. And if I play it, I'm definitely interested in playing it through Dak's side more so than Hurt's side, because at least we think Hurt's side is pretty clear what the runback is. But even last year when Dak played the Eagles under McCarthy, he was absent. Like these two teams, when they swap games, like they each had their backup in for one of those games. But the second game in week 16, Dak was under center and the Eagles basically played zone coverage a majority of the time. They kept three safeties back. And Dak just picked him apart underneath CeeDee Lamb. He went 347 for three touchdowns. Lamb had a 31.4% target share in that game. And this year, as we just alluded to, coordinators know they can't run against the Eagles. On Sunday night, even against the Dolphins, like the Dolphins, who are a running team, uh, had only 11 running back carries. They knew better. They knew they had to keep on pouncing through the air. And now... No running back has reached 15 carries or 60 rushing yards in any game against Philadelphia this year, which is why they're facing a league-high 74% pass play rate. So if I'm playing it, playing it through Dak and CeeDee Lamb, uh, Eagles are allowing 110 receiving yards per game, the fourth most in the league to opposing slot receivers. Over the middle of the field is where they're just getting hammered right now. So it kind of sets up perfectly for what Lamb is doing uh, you know, even coming out of the bye with a 41% target share certainly doesn't help uh, hurt matters either. And then I think it's interesting for another piece, if you are playing it through Hurts for the Cowboys, because the Eagles are still allowing the third most points per game to receivers from out wide. And Brandon Cooks has got there in the last two games, but it's literally only for touchdowns. Like he's all, he only has a 12.5% target share in his past two starts for the Cowboys. Uh, it earned 16, it hasn't seen more than 16% of the team's targets in any game since week three. Whereas I consider Michael Gallup's game out of the bye just an 8.8% target share last week an anomaly because in the past month before their bye, it was Gallup who out-targeted Cooks 28 to 19 and even had a team high 27.7% target share against the Chargers. So I think when you ask like my favorite ancillary piece, it's probably Michael Gallup in this game over Brandon Cooks. Rich, would you also uh, start? You know, you, you have one uh, one stack. You're, you're building a stack in this game. Would you clearly stack with Dak? Is that a lean? You have a lean one way or the other as far as your quarterback to start with? Uh, I think I like that the most because you can just just get AJ Brown as the solo coming back if you want with the salary. Uh, the Cowboys have changed CD Lamb's usage the past two games. He's actually played out wide 43%, 49% the past two games, his two highest rates of the season. And on the outside in those games, uh, he's averaging 4.6 yards per route run. He's got 153 mm. yards and a touchdown because uh, he's a really damn good receiver. Like he can just kind of win everywhere. Uh, and the Eagles are, have, have really struggled. Uh, they just have too many pieces. Like they have good individual pieces, 
But this is one thing we get talked about sometimes, and I do this too when we talk about like man zone stuff. First of all, everyone plays zone coverage in the NFL. A- everyone. It's like base NFL. Like even when we say a team plays like a lot of man coverage, it's literally like a third of their defensive snaps. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think and, any team's like over 45%. Like no one's doing yeah. it. And the in the Eagles, like they have these great corners, right? Like you've got Darius Slay and you got James Redbury. They even had, you know, Bayard last week, but when you have all these moving pieces and changing pieces that they've had, because they've played literally 16 defense, different defensive backs this year. And like you play a lot of zone coverage, like there's missed assignments and there's just missed opportunities for people. It's not like Darius Slay's giving up these yards, right? Like when we talk about like their production to outside receivers, it's a lot of breakdowns in coverage and zone coverages. Uh, it's not just one player just getting like ragdolled like Emmanuel Forbes and just getting dunked <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. So like when we use that stuff, it's like, you know, you got to take it into a context. That's why we usually for this show, we have historically like never really gone into the weeds on like individual cornerback matchups because like they just it doesn't really happen. Like a guy's just not on another player like in the context of the NFL anymore. Like that's not really the way the NFL is played anymore. Uh, so they have good defensive backs, but the fact that they've used so many different bodies uh, and, they just ha- they and they just haven't been able to get on the same page all year and they're giving up like these blown assignments. Like you look at the Jahan Dotson touchdown last week, like dude's just, he's just naked in the middle of the field. Like, you know, just, just blown coverages, uh, blown assignments. Uh, there's a, just a lot of opportunity. I, I think it's what we get from Brian Schoenheimer and Mike McCarthy here though. It's like going to be the catalyst. Cause when you look at like, like take Sam Howell, for example, like his two games against the Eagles, the commanders were very aggressive in those games. They threw a ton on early downs, scrapped the pass early, not until they couldn't. And they had to throw, they just came out and were like, we're going to wing this thing around both games. And uh, they had success like that. Like they pushed the Eagles. Like you try to combat the Eagles uh, instead of getting caught, like where you're chasing points on the Eagles. Cause when you're chasing points in the Eagles, it's tough. It's a tough way to live. So hopefully Dallas like sees that and they choose to play this game aggressively and they don't try to do this thing where they're trying to run Tony Pollard up the middle for two Mm. yards of carry early in the game. They give up two touchdowns. Then we've got kind of this like San Francisco situation from a couple weeks ago. So I fingers crossed that we have like the proper Cowboys, but they're a tough team to get a beat on because the Cowboys haven't played any normal games this year, like really (laughs) at all. Like the Chargers game was the closest we really got to a normal game. Because uh, you look at like they blew out the Giants in the opening opening week, they blew the Patriots out, they blew out the Rams. All these weeks they get these defensive touchdowns. Uh, they lose to Arizona. They play the tight game with the Chargers, and the Jets game was close until the end. And in those games, like you look at those three games, Tony Pollard has 32, 26, and 21 touches in those games. And in the other games, he's got 16 or fewer in all those other games. It's like they're a real hard team to get a beat on. We talk about target shares and what they're doing because they they don't play any normal games. And that's why we didn't even talk about them on the show last week. And I think by the end of the week, by the weekend, a lot of, no, not a lot of people, because he was still under rostered, but a lot more people came around to the idea of CeeDee Lamb just to get off of Tony Pollard, because Tony Pollard was not only the cash game play, but he's been right. terrible this year for a lot of reasons. Um, he needs to wear that blame for sure, but he's been bad. So it just made sense to get off of him. Whereas now, as you said, Dean, everyone's getting to this game. and We've kind of painted the ways uh, it can fail. I know Rich also has hinted at at the beginning of the show about Jalen Hurts' injury, maybe not allowing either side to get here. What's interesting, by the way, running the optimals and it's Wednesday, yada, yada, but the second most popular receiver in, that's hitting optimals is CeeDee Lamb. The second most popular running back that's hitting optimals is Tony Pollard. We got to have that conversation too. Like Rich, the inefficiency, how real is it? Maybe there, it's lingering effects from his injury. Um, 
you know, uh, if he's going to be chalk, is that is this bad chalk, Tony Pollard? Because I mean, we just lived about... that last week. He's definitely not going to be chalk. I don't think that that's it's gonna that's going to be like come to fruition. Not against the Eagles, like he's I six, even eight. with the price, even with the price though, I don't think people will get there because the people did it last week and it failed, right? Yeah, but I think a lot of people aren't like you know well, what happened last week. It's an objectively gonna... way worse matchup. Yes, <laughs> and he failed. They, he's going to project mean, well though, and that that, they, that matters they more. They keep getting they... to Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs, so I don't know, man. People yeah, still I don't know. I will say this. I think a lot of what's going on with Tony Pollard is largely just like, like I said, I broke it down. They played three games in neutral game scripting. He has 32 touches for 109 yards, 26 touches for 121 yards, and 21 touches for 110 yards. Like he's been fine in regular games. If somebody told you that the Cowboys scored 43 points last week and you didn't see the box score, right? You went shopping or whatever. Like, but you, you would assume Pollard, like, oh, Pollard must have smashed. He must have closed the door in the third quarter, fourth quarter. And yeah, he ended up I mean, like week six. one, he was part of the party, and CeeDee Lamb wasn't. Last week, he wasn't part of the party. But they they have so many damn defense. Deron Bland had, like, has more touchdowns than Chris Olave. Like, like <laughs> what are we going to do, man? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying it's a good play or a bad play, but I really think he's going I to I would be, be surprised owned. if he literally ends up as, like, the cash game running back, though. I Even with Optimal spitting him out now, I would be kind of surprised. It's a it's like an objectively hard matchup on paper. Ah. Yeah, I will say it's hard to say. We don't have all the puzzle pieces. We have no because I mean you got Jacob at the same price. Josh Jacobs is right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last time he played with Aiden O'Connell, he had like a thousand targets. Uh, <laughs> you've got That's... Jonathan Taylor right below him. But people are sketchy about that. Well, he, he disappeared. Yeah, last man, week. people are gonna. I mean, still he had a hundred yards though. People are gonna be like, "Well, I don't play to do that." He didn't yards. have a hundred yards. I wish he did. No hundred yeah, yard bonus for Jonathan. I'm sorry, he just missed. <laughs> Could have used those, those three points. Those things do matter on a site like DraftKings. <laughs> I would yeah. be surprised though if we get there with that with that kind of grouping of guys that he ends up being just like that outlandish. Fanduel, maybe there's more of a case because he's like next to Chuba Hubbard on Fanduel. So like yeah. there's like he's cheaper than Brian. He's like a, the same price as Brian Robinson, uh, cheaper than Zach Moss, cheaper than Deontay Foreman, cheaper than Rashad White, cheaper than Jerome Ford. Like on Fanduel, I could see him. You could talk yourself into it. He's the first yeah. person you put on your your Fanduel cash lineup this week. And let, you know, things change, but as of right now, six six is an egregious price for him on Fanduel. Uh, I, I put some levers in, you know, kind of added some variance. I did not let anybody get higher than 70% owned in some optimals I ran for Fandle. Uh, one player, one person, uh, let's see, one money back got ahead of 38% Josh Jacobs. That was 67% Tony Pollard. So, you know, um, he's going to be popular. I, I, just, you just, I think he's going to be you find You find a way up to Saquon Barkley. I'm just talking in cash games. We don't usually talk cash games on here, but you find a way to Saquon Barkley instead. Both are hitting it for what it's worth. We, we have, that's what I'm saying right now. But again, stuff stuff changes. Uh, it's two trash receivers, Lamb, Barkley, and uh, and Pollard is what I see in the very first optimal right now on DK. Your favorite player? I think Jacobs player? will get popular too. I mean, obviously, because you know the Giants just traded Leonard Williams too. Like it seems like they're going to the tank and in the Aiden O'Connell stuff. Like when people will look at that last game and Aiden O'Connell peppered Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Well, how did that game play out? I don't remember. I I, know, I remember there's a bunch of dump offs, but like that was, was there, yeah. that was the Khalil Mack six sack game yeah, because like <laughs> the Chargers just they lived in the backfield. Um, man, they just got there the entire time. 
Yeah, Garoppolo uh, gets rid of the rock, man. Like it, you don't, he don't know where it's going always. <laughs> but like he's, he's not hanging around for pressure, man. Whereas Aiden O'Connell was just like he his internal clock that first start was real rough. But I mean, he targeted Jacobs what in that game. Uh, he had twenty nine percent of the team targets, eleven targets in that game. Aiden O'Connell's got a little uh, Sam Howell in him. Is that what you're saying? No, he didn't have the cool Sam Howell dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking as far as like trying to like make stuff happen and hold on to the ball. And, uh, oh, he does that. Ball. Yeah. But he doesn't yeah. like, oh, he's I'm... not going to let it rip though. Well, we'll get there, but I, I could play Devontae Adams this week. I could pivot off Josh Jacobs this week. Yeah. I'm definitely playing Devontae Adams this week. I can't wait for that to go wrong again. Is the squeaky wheel <laughs> like a thing? Like uh, he's angry. He's upset. Like, you know, he's there and he's not going away because the trade deadline has passed. I guess we'll talk about that. Is there anything else yeah, we should specialize or, or, or kind of, Feature when it comes to I like, Philly uh, and Dallas. I like Dallas Goddard over Devonta Smith if you're looking for a pivot. Like you can obviously play AJ Brown, you know, not only for the hundred yard streak, but he's seen 30% of the team's targets since week three, ever since him and Jalen Hurts had that blow up with each other on the sideline about whatever the hell it was about. Uh, it doesn't matter. The ball is only going to AJ Brown. So he'll get there. He always does. But the Cowboys have seeded the seventh most yards per game and sixth most yards per catch to opposing tight ends. And Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith do have the same target share, 17.7% since week three as well. So if you had to choose one, uh, last week we mentioned Devonta Smith in that game against the Commanders because that was the last time he had a top 24 finish. It was week four when he played them last. This week I think it's Goddard over Devonta Smith personally. And we, we do want Hurts to be able to run in this game. I mean, we're, we're it's just something to keep an eye on. I mean, he's faced one defense that you can kind of say is like in the same caliber as the Cowboys. It was the Jets. He faced them without Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. And he had a season-low 9.2 passing points in that game, but he got there because he had 11 rushing points. Uh, we definitely need his mobility against this Dallas defense because, like, just saying he's going to just drop back and pass for 300 yards against this Dallas defense is a lot to ask. I know we did see the Brock Purdy game on Sunday Night Football, but, like, I think that those types of games against the Dallas Stevens are going to be a lot fewer. Like, it's hard to count on that. No, no receiver has reached 90 yards or 15 fantasy points against the Cowboys this year. I'm I'm going to assume A.J. Brown gets there, but again, it's been a tough matchup. And the game scripts, like Rich said, have just been all over the place. Yeah, it's tough. Like, the, it's tough too with the Dallas defensive stuff because of that same reason. Like, the, yeah. the Dallas has played like no real games. Like, Not a normal game. That's, like, that's why they, I couldn't even. I got the Jake Ferguson on DraftKings last week, but we talked about him and I said, I don't know. Like, he could be a Hall of Famer. He could not have a single catch. I have no idea who Jake Ferguson is yet. All right. Going to talk about our favorite quarterbacks that we've yet to talk about in games that we've not yet to feature. Um, Rich, I'll throw it to you. Do you want to take a guess, Rich? Uh, projections on a Wednesday night. What quarterback on DraftKings, so amongst the quarterbacks that are left, you think is projected for the highest? And we're talking decimal points, but it's uh, just Derek, like, Derek Carr. He's second. He's second. Right. I failed you. It's not. Is it? Is it Mac Jones? It's definitely not Mac. Jones. It's not Mac Jones. No, but I, I know why people would want to play Mac Jones. Uh, right, it's Daniel Jones. It's Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback? <laughs> who do you pair him with i guess you can play him naked if you're playing daniel jones but um yeah is bellinger is that guy still a person for the giants yeah, the yeah. He, yeah he's probably men on DraftKings. he's gonna play two five no darren waller jalen hyatt still in the lineup if you want to play i mean him. andrew thomas like eventually like it's like what's going on with andrew thomas like he has a hamstring injury but like he's like he's in practice like 
I, I think we are getting Evan Neal back at least this week. That might be worse. <laughs> you might not want Evan Neal back. <laughs> Oh man, what what a disaster! Uh, the Raiders are actually uh, favored in that game, just because somebody has to be favored. But uh, what one and a half point favorite at home versus the Giants? Yeah, Rich, give me some quarterbacks you like. Who do you want to sell me that we've not yet talked about? Uh, Derek Carr, then I guess is the only guy. I mean, listen, I'm this slate in particular. I haven't figured out even how much. Like I said, I think this might be where I just make like a bunch of single entry shit and just let it be this week. And like not yeah. really even go like that. I think that's my my initial lean is to play just like a bunch of single entry, maybe three max stuff. And that's how I'm going to play this. Like no cash at all. Like not even play a cash lineup. Uh, I don't even know if it's worth making a cash lineup this week. Uh, but Derek Carr kind of stands out to me at both sites where he's priced at. And he's thrown for 300 yards in three straight games. Uh, this Chicago team, like so Chicago's like sneaky, pretty good against the run. And we've kind of seen it again last week. Uh, but they are just hor- horrible against the pass. I mean, they are 27th in completion rate allowed, 23rd in yards or pass attempt, 29th in touchdown rate, uh, 29th in passing points allowed per game. The Saints also low-key can't run anyways. So, I, I mean, Derek Carr, I guess. Like, in-, in any week where I'm starting, where, like, Derek Carr, like, outside of the guys we've already talked about, like, is the most appealing, that's just a big red flag to me. Like, that's just, like, telling me, like, you know what? You should probably protect your money this weekend. You pair him with Kamara or you pair him with like Olave? Who do you, who do you prefer? I mean, I'm going to change. I think I'm going to see this Olave thing through now until it happens. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> I mean, I had this. I mean, that ball went off his helmet. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Dude. Like, oh, my God. I lost it. I just like, I couldn't believe it happened. Like, the it, thing it, is he, just, he couldn't even uh, get credit for a drop from PFF because he didn't even get his hands <laughs> up. The ball hit him in the face. It could, he didn't get credit for a drop. That's how bad the play was. I would <laughs> rather him just have that outright drop than just wear the ball off his helmet. We talked about that last week as far as drops and like what's a drop, what's not a drop. And then I saw what was a Brees Hall was coming at PFF. He was like, these guys have always hated me. I guess they don't rank him very highly, and he didn't Fair really enough. understand it. Um, I, but my only issue there, Rich, how much can Tyson Bajant like punch back in these Bears? A 16 team total. I like the fact they're in a dome. I just, I'm just concerned that maybe yeah. you, the Bears can't be. run with you them. Be. Um, <laughs> but like, you got to You're not just gonna say pass. You got, you got to name somebody. And uh, I guess are we going to get the Mac Jones pitch here? I suppose I will do a day. I would listen. I'm not stepping on Daniel's toes here when it comes to Mac Jones. I will say one Mac other Jones. guy. I think I think CJ Stroud again still at least warrants opportunity. The Bucks defense coming out of the bye has allowed eight and a half yards for pass attempt to Jared Goff, ten yards for pass attempt to Desmond Ritter, and then eight point one yards for pass attempt to Josh Allen last Thursday. They've really kind of trended the opposite direction defensively than where they were before the bye. All right, John. Well, you're 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 not really playing the man. You're playing like the defense, right? Because Washington should be—they were bad and vulnerable, and they, I assume that they're distinctly worse now. Uh, is that is that part of the pitch here for Mac Jones? And cheap receivers that's, too. That's pretty much the entire pitch. Uh, Mac Jones had a couple ceiling games too to open the season, but every quarterback since week two has had a top ten finish against Washington. And in that time, they've those quarterbacks have averaged 290 passing yards, two and a half touchdowns, and 24 fantasy points. And that was when they had Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Now they don't. So that's the thesis behind an ugly slate and having Mac Jones in hand for an ugly slate. Plus, you can always get a little weird with Washington's side of the ball. Uh, you kind of know where the targets are going, especially if Curtis Samuel's out. So whether you want to play Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson if Samuel's out, the world's your oyster. 
And your favorite receiving pairing partner is, uh, well, you mentioned Thornton. He's stone men. You think he's going to get some run this week? Are they still playing Juju? Is that still a thing? I think he scored last uh, week, didn't he? Jalen Rager ran the second most routes on the team last week yeah. outside of, outside of what Kendrick is this? Bourne. Once Kendrick Juju was in on only 36% of routes. It was his first game back after missing two weeks for concussion, but even then, he's just been a part-time player. They haven't been playing him at all. They haven't trusted him. Douglas is the only guy that's gotten like consi- like like outside yeah. of Bourne, and obviously we lost Bourne, which is a bummer. But, yeah. uh, you know, DeMario Douglas is the only guy that has like consistent usage um, but the other guys have all been hurt. They've pulled the plug on kind of Devonte Parker a little bit. Like he was like the Darius Slayton of the team. Like he was just running the most routes, even though he wasn't getting tiny targets. Uh, and then they finally started to like take Devonte Parker off the field, uh, a little bit recently. And if we get Thornton back, it's just another kind of like cog in the wheel. Like Douglas is the only guy that kind of stands out. But like, if you're telling me Demario Douglas is going to be like the highest old guy in the slate, like I'm immediately saying like, well, I guess I'm not playing Demario Douglas. What's his name? <laughs> He's so cheap. That's why. The only reason he's going to be a cash game play, for sure. Is it it reminds me of the Wandell Robinson stuff a lot, right? Like when, when Wandell's popular. And not that his ADOT's like that low, but like what what is the ceiling here for this like outcome? What's the like the apex here? Like what, what are you going to be happy about that you get in return? <laughs> Six for 60 and a touchdown. Is that what you're kind of hoping for? Like that's the hope? And that's not, you know, ideally you want a better path than that. When everything goes right. <laughs> he's the he's the one player that Emmanuel Forbes can man up. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the curious thing, too, is, like, you know, who kind of takes over, uh, like, the, the slot role, right? Like, who gets those snaps? Because Douglas has been playing, you know, outside. Is it just Juju now? Does Juju just get the elevation? Do they have to, like, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a messy spot. Maybe they just play Gusecki. I who, who knows, man? Somebody has to get there, unless they pull, like, a, a Giants last week. So, 4K Douglas, 3-1 Juju, 3K Rieger, 3K Thornton, 3K, is that Booty? Boutte? Not Boutte. Boutte? Um, I mean, somebody theoretically has to get there. Um, and has every team got there via the air against Washington this year? Is it every quarterback? Except for like Dobbs in the opener. That everyone since yeah. Dobbs. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, and and not only that, every quarterback they face since Dobbs has not gotten there. They've actually scored more points than they average coming into the game. Uh, even both times Hertz played, he, when his average went up, he still scored more. Uh, and they have Tyrod and Desmond Ritter on their resume. Like those guys got there. That's because I mean, here we are, man. Like the, the slate of like because Mac Jones. Even when I was doing rankings, I was like. Do I have Mac Jones here? Like Jesus! <laughs> Look at the names below him. Like that's why you have them there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it is, man. It's the truth. You know, I would kill. Like I would even love just Titan Steelers to be on this slate. Like let me have that on this slate. Like move that game to Sunday. Yeah, somebody asked uh, on our what our show on Sunday. You know, well, what, how about uh, let's take a shot and Will Levis? I'm like, ah, well, what's the point? <laughs> that doesn't seem necessary. Sorry about that. If you're out there, my bad. Um, yeah, I, I guess, well, one game, he was really, really phenomenal and he at least seems fun. Uh, you know, not expect to be a high total that game there, 36 and a half, but at least seems to be, it should be a fun game Thursday. Yeah, no, no, Minka, to... no Minka on the Steelers side. And like, and when the Steelers do give up plays, they're typically big plays. So mm-hmm. that game could be, have some like fun plays in it uh, from a DFS side. It would have been cause Deontay Johnson, you know, is so cheap always, yeah. and, but I mean, let's, let's not go down that rabbit hole. I'm hitting the showdown slate for sure. So well, why not? It's going to be a slow NBA night. Just three or four games on Thursday. John, give me some running backs. 
Uh, Saquon Barkley's averaging 30 touches per game since he returned from injury. <laughs> They're trying to run him into the ground. And the Raiders, mostly due to game script, since they don't compete, uh, have seen the league's second highest run play rate against him this year. So if you just want to keep leaning into Saquon Barkley, since even Gary Brightwell and Eric Gray are out, like they don't have backup running backs. It's only Matt Breida. So lean on Barkley again. And then I wish I could pinpoint the Browns running back usage. If Kareem Hunt gets in a full practice at any point this week, I think he's my lean against the Cardinals. But it was odd because he was obviously limited all week after being a true game time decision the game prior. And he didn't receive another carry from 336 in the third quarter on. And P and Jerome Ford was active, tried to play through, but he was inefficient on that high ankle sprain as we expected. So like if Kareem Hunt is limited yet again, it may be enough on an ugly slate where I have confidence or confidence in Pierre Thomas and what I think would be just like a blowout game script against Clayton Toon, Clayton Toon. But I don't know. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see if I, I can. I would love Kareem to play here. Pierre Thomas, man. Uh, maybe not this age, <laughs> but strong, I would love yeah. to. Man. <laughs> PT I'm Cruiser. PT, PT Cruiser, right? There I'm trying to figure out which one. Uh, Pierre Strong or Kareem Hunt. I'm interested in both. Uh, what do you have here for me, uh, Rich, as far as some running backs? Uh, who else Suggle. is worth? Yeah, no, I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you look at the past few weeks, I mean, Kareem Hunt's played 16 red zone snaps the past three weeks, just five for Pierre Strong, two for Jerome Ford. So I mean, if you want to chase like the touchdowns, I still think that the Browns are going to use him in that area. I just don't know what else you're going to, I mean, it was a three-way, you know, thing last week because Ford wasn't supposed to play. And then late in the week he pushed to play. So maybe Strong is going to be part of the game plan, but all those guys played equal snaps, but uh it, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to like figure out when you every time you have like three guys getting getting the ball right or like getting snaps and we won't even know too if Deshaun Watson's gonna be back. Like, is it, are we gonna do like thing where we try to talk ourselves into like this guy can like is like an upgrade over what's going on because literally when Deshaun Watson was on the field, he was the worst quarterback in the NFL last they can't year. Bring him back. He's he he's practiced today. Like I, I saw that, but like, did you see like, their the, eight the point home favorite? I mean, listen, eight point home favorites against the Cardinals. Like, if you can't. Like if it's ain't a spot to play him, like what's yeah. what's what, what's the plan moving forward, right? Like send him with Josh McDaniel somewhere. I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about Ramondre Stevenson's shock? That's that's that is that icky. He's you, gonna be popular. You, you can't just keep naming guys and putting chalk after their name, Dean. Like, just keep, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna draw ownership. He's, no, he will. He's, they're they're home favorites. Uh, rich, super cheap. Yeah. Rich said he's not playing cash games, but if Tony Pollard or Ramondre Stevenson are cash games, I'm going to be playing cash games. That's the way it looks right now. I'm just, I'm just telling you, okay. it looks like both those guys are going to be hitting cash games. I mean, you have that they, bucket. Yeah. I mean, you have like when you when you think like when I think definition of cash game, like how do you not just lock in Saquon Barkley? Like the dude has 28, 24, and 39 touches the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. He's playing a team that has allowed the RB one overall the past two weeks to Jameer Gibbs and Deontay Foreman. Your guy, Ramondre Stevenson, was the RB6 against them. It's not AJ my guy. Dillon, Don't put that on me. A.J. <laughs> Dillon was the RB13 against them. Like the, I mean, they're just giving up rushing production. You can also just keep playing Alvin Kamara on DraftKings if you want. Uh, the dude is third in the NFL in reception since he came back from suspension. It's insane. Like, of all players. Uh, he keeps getting it. Chicago is like literally tailor-made for him, too. They are allowing a league-high... 16 PPR points per game out of receiving receiving receptions only to running backs. We saw uh, Austin Eckler do it again on Sunday night to them. Uh, I mean, dude, I would I would think I would rather play Rashad White on DraftKings than Ramondre Stevenson. 
By the way, I, I already bet the over on Kamara receptions on prize picks. I'm just checking it now. I'm pretty sure I have a – I think it was four and – yeah, four and a half receptions. You feel good about over four and a half? feel pretty good yeah. about that. Oh, that. That's where I was at. Uh, I locked that in a couple days ago. Um, I'm sorry. Who, who did you throw out there in the conversation? Uh, who were you on, at DraftKings only, you can't play Rashad White on FanDuel because he's not going to get you any rushing points and probably won't score a touchdown. But on DraftKings only, like, we've seen him – We've seen the reception. He's 13 catches the past two weeks uh, after 16 prior. So, like, he's getting that work. We've seen uh, Matt Canales and Baker Mayfield, like, talk openly talk about how they are they want to move away from running the football as much as they have because they're bad at it. And, like, they're kind of self-diagnosing that they're a really bad running team. So that's why we've seen Rashad White kind of – they've kind of transitioned instead of rushing Rashad White for two yards, throwing it to him and hoping he can get more than the two yards. So DraftKings only play there, uh, but that's really about it, man. But yeah, uh, Josh Jacobs, like I said, I think will be will be a guy. I think later in the week, like his owner, I think his ownership will go up as the week goes. I, I got one, uh, Bijan, Bijan Robinson, especially if uh, London doesn't go. Um, I, the Heineke thing probably help, helps him in the passing game. I imagine. I don't know. You tell me, Rich or John. Either one of you guys chime in. I, I'm just trying to think like a way to be different, and you're going to be able to get Bijan. I think pretty low owned considering, um, you know, lower than some of the guys, a bunch of the guys you mentioned so far. And he's a home run hitter. You know, we know the ability, we know the skill in a dome. Um, just I'm listen, trying to think listen, of a way Many men have braved the Arthur Smith life. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's back to his normal world role. He was sick or hung out. Who knows what was happening that one day, but uh yeah, and Arthur Smith, his press conferences get more and more interesting as uh, the weeks go by, for sure. But that I was just throwing that one out in the conversation. No, no, I mean I can I can get it. I'm not. I'm probably not going to get there. I don't think, but Fair I can enough. hear it. I can hear at least the argument on this slate. Yeah. Well, so like when it's a really, really, really bad slate on the whole, like something has to rise to be chalk. Like you just can't have no chalk. So no, the right, chalk yeah. is probably inherently like worse well, chalk I, than it typically is. On DraftKings, so, Chuba Hubbard will be, I believe, will be the most popular running back on DraftKings. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's certainly in the conversation. And if you land on Chuba and Cash, I think that's fine. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about some receivers. Rich, feel free to throw some out there. Who have we yet to discuss? The uh, yeah, Cooper Cup we haven't talked about. You guys mentioned Devontae Adams. I guess continue that thought there, Rich. Yeah, I, I mean, so Devontae Adams now, 19.2% uh, of his uh, targets now have been accurate via the quarterback. I mean, if you watch that game <laughs> on Monday night, those I mean, he could have had 150 yards in that game. Yes. Uh, fourth highest rate. It's actually higher than Garrett Wilson's. Like, this is what we're working on. I wrote about this in the worksheet a couple weeks ago that, like, I think we should treat Devontae Adams in the same breath that we're talking about guys like Amari Cooper, Garrett Wilson, and DJ Moore. And, like, now I feel like the field is getting there, but, like, I still think that this is a spot still you would kind of still with the matchup with, we know CD lamb's been popular. We know AJ Brown's been popular on the slate. The volume is going to be here. Last time Aiden O'Connell started or anytime he's been under center this year, he's Adams has been targeted on 33% of his routes. The giants are 27th in points per game. A lot of deposing wide receiver ones. They've allowed at least 90 yards or a touchdown to all of Garrett Wilson, Terry McLaurin, Stefan Diggs, Tyree kill DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel and Hollywood Brown. So like everyone's kind of gotten there. It's a, 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 I think large field only, um, but on this slate, like, yeah, screw it. John, what do you got receivers? Uh, Adam's definitely in my pool this week. 
Uh, Jahan Dotson now, 18 targets to McLaurin's 21 these past two games without Samuel, um, 23 or 22% of the team's targets in that time. So I like Dotson as a cheap pivot. And you kind of touched on it. It's ugly, but it's an ugly slate. And so Van Jefferson is here. The Vikings have allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing boundary receivers. Van Jefferson led the team in routes run last week because Drake London exited early, and he saw 25% of Taylor Heineke's targets, a team high mark, whenever he came off the bench. So welcome to week nine, 2023. Is he well ahead of Hollins? And I saw Scotty Miller score a touchdown. He's got to be ahead of Miller. They were, they, were trying to, they were trying to bench Hollins before they traded for Jefferson. That was part of the... That was part of the reason to trade for a receiver. It just happened to be Jefferson. And because he's Jefferson, Kadero Hodge got there, but Jefferson was the one who was running the routes and seeing the more targets. So, All right. Anything else of note as far as receivers? Or shall we uh, check out the old optimizer to see what it's spinning out for tight end? That's what we do for tight I ends. Wish, I oh, wish I ahead. could play. I wish I could play Christian Watson. Man, I wish I had any amount of faith, but just you talk it feels about over. <laughs> yeah, it's not his fault. <laughs> it's like Devontae Adams. Watch that offense. It's not not Watson's fault. So I can't get there. I'm trying to, but I can't. I'll probably you know do the Texas paint again. Uh, I probably will go back to Nico just because for the If pain. you're playing Stroud, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I had mentioned Stroud being kind of like maybe probably going to be in my tournament pool. So like I think it, you just naturally get there with Collins. Do you feel an obligation to run it back with like uh, Edmonds or Godwin? No, nah, not necessarily, but you can. I mean, it's it's with the Bucks, you know what you're getting, right? Like so, yeah. yeah. I had mentioned White earlier about him him in the receiving game, and like Evans and Godwin, and Godwin's starting to trickle up now. The past couple weeks too. Um, that's just a tough situation because both guys aren't getting there. You know, they it's like it, it was Evans early, and now it's been Godwin late. And Evans did have the late touchdown, but it was you know he had the two catches. It used to be a thing where like one always got there, right? I obviously it was a different situation. It wasn't Baker Mayfield, but I feel like was it last year or the year before? Wasn't this a thing? Well, that's what's happened in up? Seattle again. Like we thought we were off the hook. Remember Seattle forever with Russ was only one guy got there. I mean, yeah, you look at like the history, like it was either a locket game or a DK game. And last year they had a lot of symmetry overlapping, but now this year that Geno's touchdown rate has plummeted, it's been back to being like, oh well, who's gonna score the touchdown? <laughs> I didn't realize how cheap Watson was this week. Uh, did you guys yeah, look at his man. price? Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, four. You know, it's it's that mind thing because like it's four nine feels so much cheaper than five k. I don't know why. Just the four and the five, I suppose. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cheap. But you a lot, know, I guess a lot like Josh, a lot like Josh Dobbs. I mean, Jordan Love again. It, it's 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 for a variety of reasons, but man, he's just lost all of it. He's been a pumpkin the past month. 37% of his passes completed 10 yards deep. And that's like where Watson runs his route. If anything, like Jaden Reed is probably the better play here because the Packers well, only if, off. If Brett Rippon plays like Matt LaFleur is a dude that will, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon will have 40 carries. Yeah. If he, oh, it'd if be AJ Dillon. To, oh, if he's yeah. allowed to do it. What about Emmanuel Wilson? He's got to get 10 too. Yeah. I'm just saying if, if like the Packers are in a situation where they're like up 10 on Brett Rippon, like Jordan Love, like he might throw 20 passes. Yeah. Yeah, this game could be just like across the mount. Uh, and Cooper Cup is sitting right there. And yeah, well, it does There's make your... sense that the Rams, Stafford's a tough dude. He's a gamer, whatever, whatever you want to call him. But it probably makes sense to rest him before the bye. If that it's a thumb, right? Yeah. I think it's a, that's the issue. Um, yeah, on the throwing we'll hand as well, sprained ligament. 
Um, cold temperatures, the bye next week. It makes all the sense in the world to just rest him this week and see what he comes back three weeks from now. Uh, that's probably also your pivot, too, on FanDuel is A.J. Dillon over Chuba Hubbard. Well, I mean, A.J. Dillon, how, is he, how cheap is he? He's got to be really cheap, right? Somewhere in the fives? No way. No way. He's got to be more. How much is he got? Uh, he got 20 touches. He's 5'8. You're right, Dean. 5'8 on FanDuel? Yeah. 5'7. I'm seeing 5'7. 5'7 yeah. on FanDuel. Oh, five, four, yeah, nine yeah, on DK. Is, so he's right in that uh, Imari Di Mercado, Royce Freeman range. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, we'd even talk about the, the Rams, too. Like they have the backfield splits going on now, too. Like Royce Freeman's been better than Daryl Henderson the past two weeks. Uh, but like they keep, so that's like a weird split. Like he gave Royce Freeman a goal line carry last week. It's, but that's, uh, these backfields are such a mess. Mm-hmm. I got free tickets. I have free tickets that you could sit wherever you want in Green Bay, somewhere in the elements, though. You're not in a booth. You want them? You going to go watch this game? The Rams? Absolutely not. Ripping? You have any interest? <laughs> you could sit wherever you like. It's a, you know, Lambeau Field. It's a historic yeah. field. You're crazy, man. I could sit next to Sean McVay and I'm not doing it. Like, I'm <laughs> saying no. I'm saying no. I'm not going. John, you've been to probably some Bears games where the elements are, uh, I imagine, or maybe not. I don't know. You tell me. Have you ever? No, uh, I mean, with, no. with the job, can't go to football games, can't watch Red Zone. So, no. Theoretically, though, would you? Like, if, if, if it could work, like, time wise. No, not interested yeah. at all. <laughs> if the game's being played in your backyard, I, you I, I even like. I bet on college football. I like college football, but dude, I can't, I can't have football. like encompass my life during the season. I got to have that one getaway day. So I hang out. I literally go on. I think I talked to y'all about this uh, during the, during the Super Bowl party. Like, yeah, I kind of just like spend my Saturdays doing long runs. I go on trail runs. I got to hang out at breweries. Um, I just kind of go out by myself and leave my notifications off. Just try to get away, man. That's impressive. It's a good way to unwind. I'm sure for sure. But uh, all right. Hey, one day uh, a week, let's... you got to do it. Let's give talk us, tight ends. Yeah, give it to us. It's got to be Trey McBride again, right? Like, so it's no funny. Way. It's really close. So I ran it again. It might be a little bit different, but I'm just going to use the one uh, that, you know, what I ran. So I'll, I'll go, uh, you know, bronze, silver, gold. Uh, others receiving votes was uh, Mark Andrews. And then Dallas Goddard at 14%. He got the bronze. Good day. Uh, and Joku was on the podium at 17%. And I thought Joku to, was going to be the gold. Yeah. yeah, he's no, he's right there at seventeen percent. But uh, Trey Joku with PJ Walker though, or Joku with Deshaun Watson? <laughs> That's true. Because yeah. they're the I'm SpongeBob sure. meme. Hold on, I'm, I'll tell you which quarterback we're projecting. If you really want, let's see. If you want to know, I think it's Walker. Yeah, we're projecting Walker. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, David and Joku splits with non Deshaun Watson unreal. quarterbacks, pretty good. Unreal. With Deshaun Watson, pretty bad. Even this goes back to last year, right? It also goes back to last year. What's going on there? Is that small sample size stuff? Yeah, probably still, but yeah. yeah, It's worth mentioning, I suppose. But yeah, uh, we're chasing Trey McBride. McBride was a smash last week. Uh, Some of that was garbage. Trey McBride had 45 yards after the catch last week. How many yards after the catch do you think Zach Ertz had on the season? Oh, that's an amazing question. Um, <laughs> less than 45, like for sure. 46. Uh, oh, no. Unbelievable. Ah, jeez. In one uh, game, he matched his uh, his yards after the catch. Did you see? He probably should have a couple less. They should have blew the – I'm not here to you know call the foul on it. I had a bunch of McBride, a bunch of a lot of other people. But his touchdown, 
Yeah. They should have blew the whistle, right? Like, that was silliness, right? They just they pushed them from, like, the three-yard line for seven I'm seconds. Poor. I'm for the refs never to blowing stuff dead. Just wait, you know? You can go back yeah. and review, review things later. Yes. Oh, when they blow stuff dead, we're like, you know, that you can no longer, like, you could, yeah. When they blow it dead, when they let it play out in worst case scenario, you can just hit the redo button. I don't, I don't go to referee school, but I imagine that's all you got to do. It's very, very simple. Let it happen. And if whatever reason, you know, we did the wrong thing, it never happened. Because the thing with McBride, and maybe it's a Dobbs thing too, because Dobbs, even when you look at his history before he was with Arizona, like he's like one of the highest quarterbacks that tar has targeted tight ends. It was the same in uh, Tennessee last year when in a small sample. And so, like, he's thrown to tight ends 32% of the time. So, I'd be curious to see, like, if Clayton Toon is peppering McBride uh, the way we want him to. But the matchup, again, is the same thing as last week. Like, the Ravens weren't a good matchup. But, hey, man, volume is volume, especially at tight end. They raised his price, but just not enough, right? Is that is that the deal here? He should probably be eh, at least 4K on DK. Yeah, 3-7. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's still cheaper than Jake Ferguson. Yeah, it's it's still a really good price. Three yeah. sevens, totally fine for McBride's role. It's funny McBride was playing late, and Ferguson scored a touchdown like five minutes into the slate, and I'm like, oh man, there goes yeah. McBride. Chalk is dead already. <laughs> it's our, and I don't know if Ferguson did anything since, and they scored a bunch of you know Dallas put a forty burger up on the board, and I don't think he had Ferguson. Did I, uh, I I alt bet the Ravens against the Browns. Uh, over the touchdown, one of my biggest bets of the year. Whenever Dorian Thompson Robinson was under center, buddy with Clayton Toon under center, we are all betting the Browns this week. Miles Garrett is is getting us home this week for sure. Yeah, this doesn't seem like they have a 15 team total, and I wouldn't feel good about betting over on that. No, um, that Cleveland defense. There's probably going to be some elements there. I imagine this time of year, it uh, snowed there. today, Dean. It snowed. Yeah. Now is that typically is it that, is that it's early right? It's early. Yeah, it, it is pretty early. Yeah, I don't know what we're projecting as far as Sunday, but it's probably not going to be spectacular. This is another game, Rich. You would have no interest. You could sit and you could sit in the dog pound. Uh, you probably would have to be paid to be sitting in the dog pound. I imagine. Dean, two, three weeks ago they played the 49ers, and like almost everyone I know was just like trying to get rid of their tickets for free. I like was just like saying, please, people take these. That was that game. That was that game. rain game. Yeah, it was like a rain game. But they're playing the 49ers. And like, could people could even give tickets away. Like, they're playing the Cardinals. Like, uh, Clayton Toon. Like, not even Kyler. Like, Kyler's not even like, you know. Uh, all those all those options are amazing. But I will say, I think also in my pool, I would like, like Rich with Alave, I'm going to keep doing this Michael Mayer thing. I do not care. Uh, at some point, he's got a hit. And at least the routes have been there. Like even this past week, you wouldn't know it from the box score, but he did run around on 76% of dropbacks. There have been offensive changes, so that could go either way, but maybe that also means he just overthrows Austin Hooper. I don't know. So Michael Mayer's cheap enough, won't be played. And then if you want to pivot off of Alvin Kamara, the way they use Taysom Hill is odd enough in that yeah. you could soak up the rushing touchdowns. Even this past week, uh, he had 10 red or no, he now has 10 red zone carries over his last three games. And this he's past expensive. week, the four, seven, and both sides, he's the, he's the fourth he highest be. price tight end. He yeah, should he be. be. He's the third highest price tight end on uh FanDuel. I think, I think four, seven on DraftKings is, is a uh, pretty good for his role. Uh, six, six carries inside the 10 yard line too. Like that's how you think FanDuel would be the site you'd want to play him though. He's got those premium touches. I want to yeah. play him on both sides of the slate. <laughs> 
Rich, you mentioned Carr. Would you consider Jawan Johnson? I know he was a guy that started no. the season. People, no, it's just not happening. <laughs> no, he's just not playing enough, and nothing's been there consistently for him. Uh, now that they have kind of three wide receivers, and obviously they don't play Shahid as much as we want them to play him. Yeah, uh, and they've got like this role for Taysom Hill and and Kamara's catching passes. Like we're, he's like the sixth target, you know, in the offense. Because Michael Thomas. You know, God bless Michael Thomas' soul. Like he's doing, he's like roadblocking Rashid Shahid for us. Like he's out there. We talked about it last week. He did it again. Four for sixty-eight last week. My, yeah, my, same thing. He's just, dude. He is dialed in. If you need ten PPR points, Michael <laughs> Thomas is your guy. If you need twelve PPR points, not your guy. Ten, pencil it in. Lock City. Uh, <laughs> tight ends. We're done. Anything else? Anything else worth mentioning? We're good. I think we're good. Uh, we gave you all an hour and a half. An hour and a half of uh, analysis. Strong. Worst slate you'll ever see an hour and a half it's fun you guys made me feel better about it uh at least a couple of the guys <laughs> I, i'm curious to figure out like i said i my initial thought is to not play any cash this week and to just like i think only just have get just have fun and just throw crazy shit together it's like you're supposed to lean in like if you're if you know what you're doing like when the pieces are super super easy even like the dope can kind of like fall into it's hard to make you know it's hard to make a bad lineup sometimes it's like you can kind of my problem with way. this particular slate right now is even all the, the players that we talked as good plays are guys I don't really want to play. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're good by default. You, you have yeah. to rank somebody one. You have to rank somebody two, no matter how like not spectacular it is. Like, yeah. Where I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get the Josh Jacobs. I'm like, yeah. That does not feel <laughs> spectacular at all. No, uh, man. Like, <laughs> like, dude, Derek Carr. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I mentioned Van Jefferson and was serious. I think that tells you everything you need to know. You mentioned him twice. <laughs> so, yeah, you're definitely – you could have done it Not once. By, I, Not doing well. Put, <laughs> but, like, and I, I was like, you know what? Ooh, Van – and I like, put, made a mental note in my head. I'm thinking about it too. So, yeah, this is where we're at as far as this slate. I'm not playing Bijan. Maybe I'll play a little Van Jefferson on the Atlanta side. We're going to yeah, talk about – Bijan's at least a fun play. Like, you, that's at least a good shout for, like, you're like, I'm going to play a fun player. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know he can always break one. He can always get there. But uh, like we, we were talking about, it's like yeah, Chuba Hubbard it looks rock solid this week. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and like not no even like either. ironically, like because a couple weeks ago when Chuba Hubbard it was like, dude, Chuba Hubbard, we're playing the hell out of him because we can now now we can play Tyree Kill and now we could do that. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. We're, we're, pl- we're playing Chuba ground. Hubbard. We're we're playing Chuba Hubbard so we can play Josh Jacobs. That that's what we're doing this. Oh week. no. <laughs> Oh, no, that sounds terrible. Uh, we'll leave it on a, a high note as far as the football stuff. Uh, if you want to let us know us talk about movies, we're going to do that briefly. Uh, please stick with us. Otherwise, you know, understandable if you want to take off, by all means. Uh, our movie that we watched last week, I believe it was assigned by producer Rob. I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I did. Just- I did assign it. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to you, Dean, not for winning the contest this past week, but for being the one person on the show to not give into Big Christmas. I see Rich and Daigle coordinated and got some Christmas <laughs> colors going on November 1st for their I hoodies. Was, uh, dude, I've been I was going to Mariah Carey the entire day. Uh, <laughs> I was going to mention that. Like, I didn't expect Rich and I to actually pop with colors. I just grabbed the first big hoodie I saw. Yeah, so that was the first thing I noticed and uh, the only thing I could focus on for the entire show. Do you have like 30 seconds on your Patriots this week being chalk or to some degree chalk? How do you feel about it? Or your favorite Patriot receiver? I, I don't even know. That's your team, right? Patriots. I'm not making this up. Uh, I grew up a Patriots and Eagles fan. So I live in New England. 
Okay. And fandom went out the window years ago. I root for money now. Yeah. Well, if you root for money, are you playing any Patriots? No, that's why I'm not playing any Patriots. <laughs> Our you don't even last know what week... tight end to play. They're playing 15 tight ends a game. How can you? Yeah. How Farrell Brown? Farrell Brown did I actually. Yeah, I actually got excited when I saw Farrell Brown DMP. That's where we're at. I was like, oh, baby, we're getting Hunter Henry back in our lives. Yeah. Rob, you assigned us uh, Shoot 'em Up from 2007. I did. Starring Clive Owen, the great Paul Giamatti, the delightful Monica Bellucci. Um, I just wa- I watched this today. I watched like a, an hour, and then I had, to, I had to do other work and whatever, and I came back and watched the last third of it. Uh, I'm gonna hold my comments for I, I could I would have been thrilled to talk about this movie for an hour and a half straight, to be honest. <laughs> I have so much to say, but I don't want to keep people too long. But oh my god, I love I love this movie. I love it. Oh, it like, okay. It's so ridiculous, it's just insane. I oh, I'm gonna hold my comments. I'm gonna yield. I'm gonna yield. Uh but that I don't know who wants to go some, or Rob, uh, what you want to say. I, I, I know, yeah, I know you like some backstory, Rob. So what mm-hmm. stories do you have for us on this one, which was clearly a uh, gimmicky, purposely shooter. So, unfortunately, guys, I had like three live events this past week and two live shows as well. So I didn't get to dig into the backstory as much as I normally uh. do for a movie. But what I will say is I had been waiting to rewatch this movie because I remember watching it when it came out and enjoying yep. it. It is a really fun movie. and You guys were looking for a fun movie, and I'm glad I picked this one and got to re- uh reattach with it and the other thing is doesn't it feel like it's a john wick parody that came out yes. before john wick <laughs> yes yeah I, that, that's what i wrote down i wrote that I, I literally said i go john wick slash ch csi catchphrases like it feels like it's i don't watch csi <laughs> but i feel like david caruso like doesn't david caruso yeah. always look like this is witty like uh, there's Witty to you know line every and he shoots somebody or whatever. That's Whitty's, what I felt like it was. Witty's walking Whitty's it a little loosely. <laughs> but, <yeah>. No, unwitty. <laughs> it's, purpo- it's purposely unwitty. Right. Yeah. Well, it, he he uses some guy's hand to shoot the gun because the gun yeah. like it, it gets their fingerprint and he, he kills the guy and he goes nothing like a good hand job. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's that for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, eat your vegetables like yeah. I mean, uh, the, I think yeah. the director, if I remember, like he wanted to make it like a Looney Tunes episode. Like kind of as like a parody. Well, you get yeah, an entire Looney Tunes like mm-hmm. conversation between the two of them, where they're pretending to be Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd or something like that. And I thought it was like, like a Wally Coyote thing, but yeah, I wasn't quite sure. Of course, the the carrot was the thing he was kept. He's eating his carrot. That's the first thing I saw. I go, this movie's it, it lets you know what this movie is right away. Like he, he kills somebody with a carrot right to the eye. Like okay, this is what we signed up for an hour and a half. Uh, this absolutely was a hundred percent fun movie. I thoroughly enjoyed so many parts of it. I jotted some things down, but uh, John, what did you think of uh, Shoot 'Em Up? We asked for a fun movie. It was fun. Didn't overstay its welcome. About an hour and a half, maybe even shorter than that. Uh, and eighty-six minutes. Yeah, a, a yeah. tight, a tight one twenty, pretty much. Which you know, considering I just saw Killers of the Flower Moon a week ago. Felt completely different. This kind I'm of shocked vibe, you're not so. still watching Killers of the Flower Moon. I heard <laughs> it it's great. fourteen hours long. It Killers of the Fire Moon is three shoot 'em ups. It is. It is approximately three. It's still good. I know a lot of people left unhappy. I thought it was really good still. But uh, no, this is a a lot of fun. And like you said, the way it just gets started right off the bat, you kind of know exactly what you where you're going with the carrot and the uh, getting shoved into the, through the guy's back of his throat to kill him. And then Clive Owen just simply says, 
eat your vegetables and walks away. Like that's it. You know exactly <laughs> what you're getting into. And you just get that over and over and over again. Uh, the baby on the carousel as Paul Giamatti trying, trying to shoot him. And rather than Clive Owen shooting him or shooting the sniper at a Paul Giamatti's hand, he just starts shooting the bars of the Ferris wheel to make it go or the carousel to go round and round <laughs> and spin the baby around. It's just little, little, little clever things like that. So no, it's like you said, it was really fun. It's really tight. It's really well done. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun movie. So I'm glad that we got to do this fun movie because Dean won this week, and I'm sure we're just gonna get a movie that's full of no, fun. He's, he's feeling the pressure. He felt the pressure. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna I, uh, go off course. I'm gonna yeah. cave. I'm gonna cave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Rich, you didn't get. I don't think you gave your thoughts as far as shoot him up. I don't. I mean, what do you want to add here? It's it, it's fun. I I I liked it a lot more. I think when I was younger, I I. I wish like now, like in my old, like, you know, like writer hat gene, like the, what they were going for, like the meta commentary, I think just could have been a lot better done. Obviously like the, the, the through line, not just the satire of the, the shooter, but the gun control stuff and like all that could have been a lot better. I think story told through like an emotional beat. Cause like there's no emotional payoff in this movie. And like that, if they could have wrote like something better through that, it would better. Also, I forgot about this movie it was like an era uh, from like 2005, 2006 to like 2012, the shaky cam, dude. Like I forgot like every action movie, every action movie was like, dude, we are just going to jam, jam you at shaky cam. Yeah. And I well, forgot that like, even <laughs> earlier. That kind of starts with Braveheart, right? Like you go back to Braveheart, it's like, tons dude, of shaky cam. I was Braveheart. like, holy shit. And I was like, I forgot how much shaky cam like this era was like in all the action stuff. But yeah, uh, to hide so many Overall, things. very fun. But I thought it was a lot more hollow than I remembered it being. You know, there was a movie like I remember seeing younger and thinking like how meta it was. I was like, oh, this movie's so smart. And then like watching it again, I was like, <laughs> ah, man, like it's not as smart as I remember it being. Yeah. It's a. Uh... Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, you're not looking at you're, you. You didn't learn anything. You did not learn a lesson. That, that there was no like the characters didn't really learn anything either. I learned I don't that know babies how... like heavy metal music, and that's what actually puts them to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I mean, was there's like a great laugh out loud thing. stuff like Dago. So like the Marigold, it's like a laugh out loud, like action, <laughs> like like the it's it's just so funny. I mean, the opening where he shoots like the oil and slides through it, like you're yeah. just like. <laughs> <laughs> Which felt like an the absolute send-up of the Transporter movie. Remember the whole oil yeah. scene in there? Yep, yep. So you knew what it was going for there, too. We got really creepy Paul Giamatti. Uh, you know, he was the, the one... even on the rewatch, he was still my favorite part by far. Uh, He's great. Was, it's a definitely but, in the uh, river of the scene performance. with the, the woman was kind of creepy, the woman in. in the back of his car. Yeah. But he, uh, so, he, he hams it up quite well. So, uh, by the way, just Rotten Tomatoes, 67% from the critics, 65% from the audience for Shield wow. of Wow. And I, I know Rich go. likes his IMDb score. <laughs> you want to guess what the IMDb score is? Uh, six and a half. Six, six. Yeah. You, you just want both six showdowns. There you go. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty popular. I, I'm shocked I never saw this. I Also, Jackie Chan. I don't watch a lot of Jackie Chan movies, but I feel like this is what the Jackie Chan movies are kind of sort of like. Like some of the action scenes, which is basically the entire movie. I don't know. Anybody watch Jackie Chan movies? To, like to an extent. More, you got a Jackie Chan's more family friendly than this. Yeah. This is like yeah. a Kung Fu Hustle kind of thing going for it, though. Like almost like Kung Fu good, Hustle like... is, God, I got to rewatch that movie. Yeah. Too. But it's, you know, part satire <laughs> on the genre. And then, yeah. Don't ask any questions. Like nothing makes sense, obviously. Like, how is, how, 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 the, I think I would have liked it a lot more. 
if it was more of a satire and just the genre instead of spinning into the gun control element. Yeah. Yeah, like, that was a weird third act. Underneath. What it's really trying to say underneath. like, And also needed more doves because we're doing like the John Woo send up. There's, <laughs> I, I, there's needs to be more doves. We do doves. need more doves. Need more doves. Point four points off from not enough doves. Do we want to put an official score on this? Uh, anything else we want to say? I mean, I, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll put a score on it. I'll, I'll give you guys the movie. We'll discuss the movie we want to give you guys. But uh, I, yeah, we don't ask. This is one of those movies you don't ask questions of. Like, how did he? How did he even fall in love with the hooker? They both went to the same hooker, like knowing that she her, her specialty. Like, how did they both know that that's something she does? No, Giamatti put out an APB. He's like, I need yeah. all the prostitutes <laughs> that are recently had kids and they came across her that way because they yeah. they sent out uh people looking uh, an apb he's also like <laughs> an abp i need 50 guys like 50 guys for a very precise job and one second later it's 50 guys yeah craigslist that's part of the satire that's why they all the guys are yes. like all in black and stuff it's supposed to be like because it's like yeah. all, all the goons you know like it's like where he's so i'm playing spider-man 2 and non-spoiler like for that like th there's like a so there's like a character that comes over from like another continent and like you fight so many people I'm like this dude bring a whole continent yeah. of people like how are there this many hunters like how, is it, who, how many people are on this payroll like how am I still fighting these guys and, and they actually keep making it a point to be like he's so rich like that's that's why they have all these henchmen I'm in the middle of playing it myself I'm just I'm like, gonna... I was like he, he brought like the entire like a whole continent of people to New York <laughs> I'm gonna give shoot 'em up a three point nine carrots out of five. <laughs> carrots is I, important, yeah. I will do seven point one, uh, which is good. I think only the second one I've given over seven so far since we started the scale. Rich, uh, What's I'm giving in? I'm giving it a uh, Chigazi Makanquo. I wanted to love it, uh, <laughs> and it, it it didn't get there for me on the rewatch. <laughs> I'm going to give it like a, I usually go like letter grade, but I'm going to give it like an, an 88. And then, no, no, Wait, that's what? Too You're chasing up your grading scale now? <laughs> well, like an 88 is a B, a B plus. So I don't want to give it a, like, <laughs> but a, a B, B plus. plus. The same B, B plus. Yes. Well, this is not my genre. This what is a, not really where, where I camp out. What a change. Like, what it was. 88? <laughs> 88 what? <laughs> for this like type of movie, which is not my kind of movie, but like this is the, they did it the best possible way. It wasn't perfect. But like any flaws, like well, whatever, you just embrace it because that—that's the movie. It's supposed to be kind of goofy, and it's, it's supposed to be imperfect. The, oh, there was a gun shooting. Uh, there was a, a shootout in the air via skydiving. We never even discussed that. And like once they jumped out, you knew that was happening. It's like oh, of course they're going to start shooting. There's, at each a, other. there's a there's a gun shooting sex scene. There's a yes, uh... <laughs> <laughs> which was just incredible. I'm just um, I'm too flabbergasted by you changing your scoring system mid season. <laughs> I don't I'm curious what we're gonna get next week. Is it gonna be like three to the second power? And we're gonna have to start <laughs> doing math on this show to figure out what your it's actual cold. score is. Okay, so um it's an 88. I enjoyed Clive Owen so much, and I'm like, maybe we can stick with Clive Owen. And that I was thinking Ooh. of fun movies, but you probably probably you guys probably have seen it. I'm assuming everybody's seen Inside Man. Has everybody seen mm -hmm. Inside Man? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen it in a long it. time. Okay, but I had a default, Clive Owen. Uh, and have you guys seen Law Abiding Citizen? Yes. Which is an incredibly ridiculous movie, but fun. It is it, absolutely 100% fun. 
with Jamie Foxx? Isn't Law Abide Citizen Gerard Butler? Yeah. Oh, I get those two confused. Yeah, it's Gerard Butler. Yeah. Yeah, I do get those two confused for some reason. My bad. But you can still still pick that if you'd like. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Yes, it's been a while. Rich? I have not. Okay. Um... And Don't chat, to watch so that, and then, then watch that. <laughs> and, and chat, they're saying, um, "Where's Sosa? Is it supposed to supposed to be watching these movies?" He quit. Too? He doesn't live in the society anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's got things that he's got better things to do. Spend two hours watching this nonsense. I mean, he's like the Knicks started or some shit. Like he's like, I don't know, invest all my time <laughs> in Knicks basketball. I had Catch Me If You Can on my list, which got a fun movie, but I'm sure everybody's seen it. Super uh, fun movie. Super. Fun. I got I one had more a long time either. I don't mind. Like I, I hadn't seen shoot him up like literally in a decade. Like so, sometimes, like you said, like when you watch movies and you watch them at a different point in your life, it you change. It's it, you see things through a different lens, man. This is okay. the most obscure request we've ever gotten. Three Musketeers, <laughs> but the 1973 <laughs> version, not the Charlie Sheen version. Where did we pull this? <laughs> There's 50 versions of the Three Musketeers, and you go 1973 on us. Is that starring like Charlton Heston or something? I used to watch the Disney one, which I think was the 90s version, quite a bit. Yeah, me too. The 1973 one, I feel like the better thing to do with that would be to guess who we think the four different Musketeers are. Is it like, like you said, Charlton Heston, John Wayne... Um, Al Pacino. I don't know who the I, three musketeers in nineteen. I did try to. I tried to watch uh, the original Ocean's Eleven last week. I just Ooh, just to have good. something on. Just not to have good. something on in the background. Man, that sucks. Man, so it's bad. bad. It's so just bad. I, how they recreated it and made it cool. It made because it those guys, like those guys on their own in the movie, are cool. But like them together, it was awful. It is terrible. terrible. I turned it off. It doesn't I tried even, to watch it. Yeah, it doesn't even catch your interest. Like, no. you wouldn't even know it's about a high... Like, it's bad. Yeah, not a good movie. It. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Just keep watching the first one, and then uh, skip the other two. Josh Gilliam says, Any Given Sunday. That's an incredible movie, but I feel like we've all seen it. I imagine we've all seen Any Given Sunday. Yes. Like, yeah. Also, um, not a long time. It's also okay, a very so- long movie. <laughs> It is a very that yes, yeah, listen, it's Oliver like Stone. Too too long. Of Oliver movie. Stone's like, or you, he did like the Scooby Doo ending, where it's like you think the movie's ending and then you think it's ending again. <laughs> and it just keeps that ending. Uh, Willie Beeman, right? That's uh, a Willie, Willie Beeman. Yeah, Willie Beeman. I mean, there's a lot of people in that movie. Lt. Yeah. Uh, that's when uh, famously uh, LL Cool J and uh, Jamie Foxx got into a fight on set, right? Yeah, the, I think it was those. The two punch was real. Set. Supposedly, the the punch is real. James Woods was the, the, the corrupt team doctor. Uh, Cameron Diaz was like the owner of the team or something mm-hmm. like that. The worst okay, actor so- ever is in that movie. Right? Cameron Diaz? Dennis Quaid's in that movie, right? Isn't he one of the quarterbacks? <laughs> he is. Uh, he's, he's the quarterback. The he's the lefty, too. He's, God, he's bad. God, he's, <laughs> he's like He plays ever. like the old Dan Marino part, right? He's got a little, yeah. Yeah, he's got basically the end of his uh, end of his run. All right, so it's either, either law-abiding citizen, at least Rich has not seen that, or there's one more that probably none of you have seen it. So this is kind of a curveball. And it's a comedy from like right. the last 10 years that we know, a lot of people say, have, they, have you guys seen Bad Words? Anybody seen Bad Words? No. no. Never heard okay. of it. It is a comedy. And it's also one of those movies like, you know, people say everything is like too PC or however. Uh, it's not PC. It's a comedy from 2014 
that's not politically it's not politically correct. Um, and it's I it's starring the great. Why am I getting to uh, Jason Bateman? Yeah, Jason Bateman. Oh, he enters oh, a, I'm uh, all in if it's Jason Bateman. Do you want to go in cold? Do you want me to tell you what it's about? No, don't tell us. Oh, is this the spelling bee one? Yes. I didn't watch it, but I, I remember the advertisement. Let's do it's it. worth seeing. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. It's I mean, you right. know whatever. Not there it is. Bad. I'm in on that uh, one. Yeah, that sounds good. Bad words. It's on Netflix. I know it's too. not a spelling bee now. That's all I want to know. Yeah. Jason Bateman spelling bee. I'm kind of in. That's enough. That's all I need for a hook and a comedy. Let's do it. It's a comedy from 2014 that I think is actually funny, which is like okay. You know, I'm in. I'm in on hard this. to pull off. I okay. want a comedy. I want a comedy. I need. Need laughter. Rob, tell the people about your podcast. Well, what did you have? Did you have appearances for your podcast? Did you go like live to a haunted mansion uh, or something? It was Halloween weekend. That's right. You must have a it was, ha- some it was Halloween weekend. I don't know if I brought it up last week. We did a hundredth episode celebration at a brewery. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to be a little thing. We had people fly in from Alaska and Ohio just to come to it, awesome. which was crazy. We also what else did we do? We had a convention on Saturday. Which was a lot of fun. We had something. Like what's else. the day like yesterday? Like the actual day? Is it like a? So we changed up our format a little bit this week. Monday we went live with our main show and we did uh listener stories, listener ghost stories, which were pretty cool. Yesterday we did a live movie review for the original 1978 Halloween. So that is uh what our week and week and a half was. It's it's a blur. It's just so many things. I'm I'm even. Oh, I did a. Uh, I had a real interesting gig that I feel like would have been up Daigle's alley. Maybe I brought this up. I don't know. We we went and told ghost stories at a wine and craft beer tasting. <laughs> so they would bring out the the wine and the craft beer with the food pairing. And then in between all that, we were telling ghost stories. So a little different. That's great. But tell the people about the podcast. Hometown ghost stories or catch me if you're into best ball over at Spike Week. Rich, uh, do you guys have anything going on promo uh, promo wise? Uh, I got to find out. I don't think I got whatever we're doing this week. I know next week is free week where everything's just uh, open. That's all I know. Because early on, I know next week's free week. Over there at Sharp Football Analysis, everything's going to be free week 10. John, I think yeah. for four for four. And that's Are Warren's still- picks too. Like all Warren's like betting picks and shit. It's all, all free. There you go. No pressure, Warren. This is the week. I thought I swear more the last hour of the show. <laughs> We get looser. We get looser. Yeah. Uh, one more evening. Actually, tonight, if you're listening to this or replaying it, uh, the 75% off sale ends here once everyone wakes up in the morning and cancels it. So if you're listening to this early or tonight, 75% off at 4 for 4 still to this day. They can't like slide in the DMs on on Thursday and like you can't you, you know, make it work for them, John. Yeah, if you're if you're replaying because I know I do know a lot of people listen like Thursday night or Friday morning on their commutes or whatever. If you're listening, slide in my DMs. We'll talk. We can work something out. Do appreciate y'all hanging out with us. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about bad words. I'm curious to see how this uh, this slate goes down because uh, it looks pretty gross. But you know we're all dealing with the same puzzle pieces. Good luck, everybody. We'll be scored nine. by someone. Points will be scored. It's not going to be a, with that old Virginia Tech, like uh, Coach Beamer, 0-0, celebrate. That's Some, not going to be happening across the board. Someone is going to win the money DraftKings and FanDuel are putting up for us. I don't know who. I don't know how. But someone is going to win. Hopefully, it'll be somebody here, uh, somebody a part of the show. Uh, Rich, tell the people where they can find you on the old Twitter. 
Yeah, sharpfootballanalysis.com. You find a work at Lord Reeves on Twitter. Uh, free Jonathan Mingo. John? Not Jay Daigle on Twitter. You can subscribe to the most accurate podcast as well if you're still in the redraft streets where I do a lot of these matchup breakdowns on that pod. Do join us for the Listener League. The Listener League will be uh, in the comments there and YouTube. Not the comments, the the comments section. Uh, not the comments that are on the live show. I know it's always confusing to say, but um, yeah, and for me, it gets automated. It comes to my uh, my DK app or my DK account every single every single week, usually on Wednesday night or so. Uh, 100-person tournaments. If you finish first, you get a month free of RG Premium. If you want to follow Rob, right. follow Robert King, King Coakley. I'm at DFS underscore Almanac for Rich, for John, for Rob, for Producer Steve. I was Dean. Go win something this week. Go, win, go watch some bad words, and we'll talk about it next week. We're out of here. Oh! 